This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. We are here to bring you the news of the video game industry, the games that are coming out, all filtered through the aged, finely tuned uh, machine that is Alex Navarro. Yes, that's definitely how I would describe myself. And Brad Shoemaker. I figured you were going to go for some like advanced space age futuristic optics filtered through a gravitational lens. No, the only gravity that's working on me is just gravity. <laughs> just literally mm-hmm. the just Earth's keeping gravity. it closer to the ground than ever before. I was trying to go for one of those like when when they when people puff up on like a uh, I remember like myths mythbusters would be like with a combined experience of one thousand two hundred and fifty two years of uh you know uh, these guys have over forty years of industry experience with video games to bring you what you need to know about the industry. And I mean, that. we're looking at probably close. Okay, so Brad, you've been in this since 2001? My, the earliest documents I can find on my NAS that are articles I wrote for money are from 1999. Okay, 99. 
I think the earliest articles I wrote for money were around 2001. Okay. So, um, and you joined in 2006, right, Vinny? Yeah. So, between all of that, I think we're coming in on nearly 60. Yeah, I think we're probably around there. Combined. The 50s. Yeah. Friend, friend of the pod, Buzz Click, Cal. Uh-huh. Ooh. Yes. Uh, our longtime artist, Giant Bomb, reminded me of a review from 2004 I wrote this morning. No recollection. Of what? Of, I'm going to have to triple check because I still can't remember. Wrath Unleashed is the game. Wrath Just, Unleashed. It, it's like, it, was like a, it was like a then modern Archon. It was like oh, chess plus. Okay. Chess plus beat em up or fighting game or something. Oh, I remember this game. Anyway, just another one of those moments of zero recollection of ever playing or hearing of that game. Dude, we reviewed and previewed so many games over that like five to six year stretch at GameSpot that like I guarantee you, I remember less than half of them. Also, don't read your old reviews. No, I try not to. Read your old reviews. No. That's what powers the internet. I, there are some of my old giant bomb reviews that I say I, I look back on fondly, but most of the stuff from the GameSpot era, save for a few, I would say I was young and I was definitely not very polished. Oh, man. Do, do they power the Internet? Are they going to continue they, powering the Internet? Is that, have you I think so. seen this archive.org business? <laughs> what, a, bunch of book, a bunch of book publishers are suing the Internet yeah, Archive. Shit. Which oh, sucks. Complete ass. They're suing them over a library program where they actually buy the books and then they check them out to people one at a time. Like, they right. are literally paying library prices for the books. As, but apparently... As, as a library would do. Yeah, but apparently that's not good enough for a handful of authors, which include, like, Chuck Wendig and a few other people. And it's in, just in, like... I'm not, I'm not... I'm certainly no Chuck Wendig apologist. And <laughs> in, in, in uh, fairness to him, he came out and said he does not support this lawsuit. And, like... Oh, so has he actually is, walked it back? Because he was the one that kind of started this whole thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Again, I, I've oh. never read anything by him. And, oh, boy. Here yeah, the cops the are coming. They heard me talking about the Internet Archive. The, the copyright cops are on the way. Um, yeah, he. I don't know. He, he said this was all like based on comments he made a couple years ago that he no longer... Uh, or that he's now disavowed or whatever and does well, not support this stuff. Well, now he needs but, to go talk to these other people. Yeah. I was just in a library not too long ago. First time, long time. Uh, I uh, I need to renew oh, I, my library card. Actually, I love the library. You're the, yeah. I love the, I love just being in the library. You have the, it's a very Maybe, nice library by you. That's true. That 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 library got remodeled like right around the time you and me moved over here. Yeah, it's nice. So it's it's like a very it's nice, like pleasant, kind of, kind of palatial. It's got like columns out front. You know, yeah. it's like kind of very classic looking. Uh, also, very quiet. That's, library, that's the li- idea. That's a, li- that's a big that's a big part of the appeal. It's how quiet it is. I like libraries so much that when I had to do my volunteer community service in like fourth grade, I said I want to work at the library for a few weeks during the summer, and that's what I did. Man, that does sound cool. Like it's quiet in there. Like it's kind of fun to file and categorize mm-hmm. stuff. Like man. So you're saying you got caught slinging dope in fourth grade? And no, no, no. no. They just- As part of our school program, <laughs> everyone had to do like a hand, like uh, something like 20, 30 hours of community service, mm-hmm. like to, you know, just to kind of be like, hey, you're doing something for the community. And oh, there was a okay. whole host of options. It's, it's okay. It's okay. You're among friends. You can. It's okay. You can admit it's it. Probably the off only your record t- by look, now. Listen, mm-hmm. I did have to do community service once. Spray I picked trash in a park. Skateboarding. 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 Repeated skateboarding. Oh my tickets god, is why you're I got a '90s it. cliche. I am. 
Wow. I You're... got too many skateboarding tickets, and the judge was like, just go do 10 hours of community service, and that's it. Oh, my gosh. A young Alex Navarro. I could just imagine you. Backwards baseball hat. So when you get a skateboarding ticket, it's just like, there's like somebody, like a copy, like, can't skateboard here. And you're like, it literally used to be illegal in Petaluma, California to skateboard on the sidewalks anywhere, like in the streets. Like there was, it was basically outlawed, if not actually outlawed. And then they built a skate park and they just kind of walked all that shit back. By the way, they built that skate park like two years after I got that, that community service. You did it. You were the one. No. You were the tipping point. No, I just, I had bad timing more than anything else. But sick jeans, I bet. Yeah, they're pretty big. Yeah, really big jeans. The library by me is uh is very nice. It's a little small, but there, I was in there the other day and um because I was I dropped my son off at like a basketball thing and I had an hour to kill him. It's right by the library, so I went in there. Here's what Brad. I don't know if you get this. I, you I know you go to the library. You get movies a lot, but do you, do you get a lot of books from there too? I I check out a lot of Kindle ebooks. Okay. Not I, rarely I'll get a real book if that's the only thing they have. So I didn't go in there with a purpose. And here's here's a broken part of like my internet brain. As I was looking for a book to read for an hour, I was like, oh, I should go look up the book to see what the reviews are for the book I'm going to just pick off a shelf randomly to read. And then I was like, no, you shouldn't. You should just go pick that book off the shelf and just mm-hmm. read it. Be like, I can't. What if it's not the best book to read for my 45 minutes? That I, it was like a really weird, I have access to too much like review material. You know, like when you're like, I'm going to buy a pair of chopsticks. Let me go find out the best pair of chopsticks to buy instead of just buying the pair of chopsticks that is available in front of you. And it was like a real second of like, Jesus, Vinny, just fucking unplug for a second and just read, make your own opinion on the damn book you're about to pick off a shelf. It was Information weird. over availability has ruined all of our brains. Oh, it totally. It was really weird. I mean, I just picked it off and was like, well, I'll give this five stars. <laughs> I better go review this somewhere. People Dude, need to the, know. The, the San Francisco Public Library like online database system uh-huh. has straight up got user reviews built into it. <gasps> oh, oh, that's God. a terrible idea. Think about that. Think no, about the no. kind of person who goes and reviews things on their library website. Actually, they're not terrible. They're all written like they're... Every one of them sounds like it was written by somebody who is at least 65 years old. I think I believe that. It's like kind they're of They're the ones who have time. <laughs> I think that's probably a very honest review, right? Because you, you didn't receive the thing, and you probably didn't yeah. have to do it. Uh, though it's probably biased towards people who wanted to leave a review. That's the problem with reviews, right? They're always biased to people who want to leave a review, good or mm-hmm. bad. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, Sam was looking up some user review stuff recently, and she was I, I, some, she just flew out for a trip, and she was going to one of the terminals at JFK she had never been to, and she was, like, looking around for, like, restaurants there, and there was, like, literally nothing there. Like, it's the worst terminal at JFK. And there was, like, she was looking up reviews of the terminal for some reason, and she found a terminal that described it as... I, it was like being in fucking purgatory. It is the worst experience I've ever had in airport in my life. And she looked up. It was this person had only written one review ever <laughs> on Yelp. Really and it was about just terminal. for Terminal 7 at JFK. There have been a couple of times when I have just thought about having my one review. I've never left an Amazon review. I've never left. I don't think I've ever reviewed a thing that wasn't the five games I reviewed for giant bomb. I don't think I've ever left an opinion somewhere on something, but there have been times when I have been. So it's usually out of pure disgust 
or mm-hmm. pure elation. So it's either going to be one star or like all the stars. Did you never do a review at GameSpot? I don't think so. Because we used to rope in the GameSpot Live guys every now and again for stuff. I don't think did so. we? Yeah, like Tim that. Tracy did some reviews. Tyler Weingarner did okay. some reviews. But not sure. everyone did, but like uh, several of them did. Yeah, like Tyler did the, the all the motorcycle stuff, right? <clears throat> yes, he always did the motorcycle game reviews. He had a, he had a special skill set there. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I no, I don't think so. Um I don't think so. I think the I think it was like Dragon Ball or something was the first one I did at Giant Bomb. Do you remember all your Giant Bomb reviews? Nope. Okay. Oh, I've got well, my NAS is in pieces right now. I can't get to any of the data, but there is a there is a file called Vinny.txt on there somewhere. Great. Mm. Where I dumped good? I dumped all of your reviews with the API at some point. I don't awesome. know why. Vinny.txt. Uh yes. there's your I, name I, for your podcast. They're 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 there somewhere. I can tell you if whenever I get that thing rebuilt, I I, I can tell you every review you ever did. I, I think I can name three. I think one was a Dragon Ball game. One was that was it Wasn't Fracture? Them, Fracture, yeah. Fracture, you, yeah. Fracture was one of them. And one was um I, I want to say it was was it resistance? I think you do. Maybe I thought you did one of the ratchet and clanks for PS3 oh. as well. Okay. Maybe. Oh, the bo- booty one, the pirate one. I think it was the pirate one. Age booty. of booty. Bo- booty. Booty. Booty time. Uh, not age of booty is a very different game. Uh, that uh, also feels like that might be a Ryan review. Age it was of like, booty. it was like a, an expand. It was like a small quest one. for booty quest for booty quest for booty quest for booty was in fact reviewed by you. They give it four stars. Four stars. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, Vinny says the booty is worth four stars. Four stars. That's that's right. Uh, Hang on. Mm -hmm. Who made an Age of Booty franchise page? Mm. That seems a little. That that was perhaps a little Mm. optimistic. (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say Adam. Uh, Mm. Perhaps. Oh wait, hang on. I'm sorry. What? There was a second Age of Booty game. I did not know that. That counts only for as a franchise. That only counts. for iPad? Like six years later. Like six years later, it's That's literally called Age of Booty Tactics. Oh my gosh. How is this real? For anyone who's not aware, Age of Booty had a fairly legendary video over on GiantBomb.com. If you go to the game space, I'm sure you can still find it. Uh, it involved a lot of rum. Yes. It involved Adam, rum. formerly of, uh, of, of Sony and of Capcom, now at, uh, at uh, Iron Galaxy. A pile of rum. Yes. So much rum. For your mouth and mine. It is yes. great content, is how sure. I will describe it. Mm. I, mm. I wouldn't remember. Mm. It was a... Uh, Shout out to Adam Boys. Yes. It was a fun, and yeah. that crew. They, they were... <laughs> Like an age of booty tactics. Good I love, I, but, yeah, but I feel like you're emphasizing. I'm all about the, the wrong booty parts. tactics. Yeah, baby. you got the age of just, booty tactics. Sure. Also, it is, but it's just the most cliche thing ever. <laughs> of you course, wanna, it like is. Ex- expand your franchise in some way. Just slap tactics on the end of it. And Get it on a mobile, mobile device. Yeah. Uh, Zelda tactics. It'll happen eventually. All right. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? We are going to do a, a podcast about video games. We're going to talk about uh, match point tennis championships. Last call, BBS, just a little bit. Cuphead, some uh, uh, some other games in there. But first, we decided to go with the news because right. the news is happening this week. Let's say there's more new more new news than there are new games. Let's that's say. accurate. Yeah, yeah let's that's say. Accurate. Also, let's just get this E3 story out of the way now, and perhaps not belabor it more than necessary. Sure. Read Pop is well. So okay, let me back up. Yet the ESA has announced at some point they have been banging the drum for a while. E3 mm-hmm. will be back next year in person. Physical mm-hmm. E3, 2023. It's happening. They said. They say. 
I guess it's actually happening because they have signed on ReadPop, purveyors of PAX, and I didn't realize also New York Comic Con and Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, they do a lot of stuff now. Yeah, they're huge. I mean, I I knew they did a ton of events, but I didn't realize they they did those particular ones as well. Obviously, we've known them uh, for doing PAX forever. Mm. Now they're also doing E3 next year. I feel like we joked about this happening. At yeah, some point for sure. in the last year. Yeah. Or maybe not even joked so much as like speculated. Like I think yeah. there was like there was like some semi serious reason to believe that Reed might enter the picture on E3 because who the fuck else knows what to do with E3? Sure here's, enough, here they, here they are. Here's the truth about me. All of my jokes are a little bit of speculation, and all of my speculation is kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow. That's wow. Good, See, that's a good way to be. That's what that's a, 60 that's years nice of out. insight yeah. get you. That's a nice out. I never have to commit to anything, baby. <laughs> that, gives, that gives you a pretty good out, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, in joking about that, I kind of assumed this was the way they were going to go. And here we are. And I don't know what a fan show centric company like Read Pop would do with something that is primarily up to this point been a press event. Obviously, they started letting people buy tickets in the last few years of the show but that never quite worked right i feel like like they never quite got the numbers for that thing that it seemed like they wanted well and also i mean i i I forget which year was which in terms of what they offered to consumers but i remember at least some years looking around and going like good god man what a (laughs) ripoff if you were just showing up as a consumer to see this thing like they are giving you nothing unless you care about energy drinks you know, there was um, the time when people would have paid good money just to be part of the experience, but in right, the waning years of E3, yeah, it was... that's exactly it. By the time yeah. they actually opened the doors to the public, like, half of E3 had vanished. And the experience yeah. um, that everyone had grown up hearing about, the one with all the fucking stupid celebrities and shitty new metal bands playing at booths and all that shit, that's been gone for a long time. Or, like, or they haven't while. really done any of that. Even even just like gala booth designs, you know, like yeah. half the publishers were gone. The ones that were still there were not putting the resources into their booths that they used to. The, I don't know. I mean, like the the natural thing to do here is be all, hey, is E3 just going to become PAX? Which, like, I feel like it's probably it's probably tedious to spend too much time on that because who knows? Like, maybe I feel like the model is probably going to be we're going to try and more directly emulate what Gamescom is doing because that was seemed like what they were kind of dipping their toe into before all this, but they never really quite figured out how to do it that way. Yeah, like I, th- I think we've, we've talked about before, like Gamescom has always been f- numerous times bigger than E3 in terms of attendance. It's like quarter of a million people or something like that. It's huge. There, there is uh, a, um, in their press release, there is an interesting quote that says, E3 2023 will welcome back, all right, ready? This is the part to pay attention to, mm-hmm. publishers, developers, mm-hmm. journalists, content creators, manufacturers, buyers and licensors period that that sounds that's the whole wait, there, menagerie. Fans. Th- there are no fans the entire... th- does not say fans in there they oh, didn't wait, say hang fans on. hang on th- does hang not on. say fans i bet they still will but that is I interesting just... that they chose to omit that hang on i swear there is another quote about the, that implied hang on I should it implies the unwashed these. masses that's <laughs> three years da, 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 please the journalists are just as unwashed as the masses i'm well, not i'm not casting aspersions here i mean listen content creators um they definitely aren't washing at the very end of this thing there is a media media creators industry professionals and fans are encouraged to visit the website often yeah. for updates yeah so but, there's that there was also the for years we've listened heard and studied the global gaming community's feedback so yeah. like so w- will it be an industry event to cover games? It sounds like if I were Reed Pop, I would say 
and I were I were penning this deal, I would say, listen, we have an event called PAX. That is a fan event for connecting fans with developers. Let's focus on what E3 was initially, and let's focus on the coverage of games aspect. I mean, it, originally it was a trade show, but like, really, it was a trade show at some point where you're supposed to gin up as much press for your for your upcoming uh, releases. But that that's also moot in 2023, also because you really don't need E3 to do that. So no. they have a they have a weird needle to thread here. They they yeah. don't need E3. Three. And the other thing is that the last couple of PAXs have been pretty dire in terms of companies attending. And granted, a lot of that was COVID related. Uh, they the way that Repop has kind of dipped their toes back into doing live events, it feels like they did not necessarily pull in a whole lot of exhibitors for those. Mm. And I don't know, like I mean. We, E3 was already kind of shedding big companies wanting to do this live event, and I'm not sure that, like, getting Repop involved necessarily, like, brings those companies back into the fold. Like, it's like you said, there's no real reason for a physical E3 unless you just want to do E3, and I think the number of companies that want to do E3 <laughs> is not nearly as high as it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, I mean they're they're just trying to hype up the video game Christmas aspect of this thing. Right. Past three have years to. have con- have confirmed that E3 convenes our industry like no other event. Like they are 100% just trying to harness that like week of crazy announcements and live streams mm-hmm. thing, which like I guess the you know they should. Whether they actually get enough people to show up to pull that off again, who can say? Somebody over there is at least smart and media savvy. Yes. Enough to know that putting terms like manufacturers, buyers, and licensors <laughs> in here establishes their E3 bona fides in terms of like, yeah, we were there. We know what E3 was originally. Right. Like, we're doing that. Like, all right. Remains to be seen. Well, if they but really anyway, want to prove themselves, like, it's time to bring back Kensha Hall. I, I mean, the other like, thing that, that, <laughs> that, that would be the fucking like populist, like, okay, we are playing to the E3 base here now. Yes. Like, we know the thing you actually want, like, here, and like, you want to talk about E3 bona fides, like, stuff like that, you know? It's you, like fucking you find a client. Cl- note, the original Kensha Hall is gone. They turned that into a parking uh, lot. I was, I was just about to, like, literally clean out the parking garage, <laughs> turn it back into Kensha. But here's the thing even if you don't do that, just go find another corner of the room. You fucking, you get Techland in there, you get a fucking rig and roll machine in there, you put a hot dog stand in there, you have a Kensha Hall. You're good. The problem is most of E3 just turned into Kensha Hall. Like, it's like the, the big publishers kind of just wa- left, and they were like, we could just do this on our own, and the small publishers were the ones that were left in the, was it, what's the smaller one, the South Hall? Which is the one that... Well, South Hall and West Hall are the two main ones, and then yeah. there's that like in between section where Concourse. like a lot of the meeting yeah. rooms are. Yeah, Con- Concourse Hall is where all. Yeah. The no, where's the one where the sad Konami booth was? The like the, the uh, little, the little tiny. Was usually, most most of the third parties were usually in South Hall. South Hall, South South and West are the two big ones, the big cavernous ones. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, where the Konami? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Like Konami, there was that year where Konami's booth was about ninety percent <laughs> just carpet. Yes, yes. With, like a tiny little like yes. meeting room booth, and just an like, old like, man in a fucking rocking chair and a shotgun saying stay away <laughs> yes I mean, it looked was, like a border crossing at some like outpost in <laughs> northern yeah Siberia it looked like a demilitarized zone that had been carpeted <laughs> the carpet was very red i remember yes. i mean that was just straight up like we have to use our booth space because we will lose it if we don't like you can't give it up because they take it away yes we poked up, i feel like i poked under the curtain there and it was just empty it was just an empty i think shell. they were literally just doing lawyer meetings in that place that's it that's the only thing they were doing 
just squatting for for their squatters' rights. I my, well, my go ahead. Well, do you think this will be in um, the convention center in I the Staples Center? They, oh, it they has already announced that. I think they already maybe confirmed that. I think they've said they? that they've been reserving their spot there each year. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. Like. E3expo.com still says E3 2022. See you next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they haven't updated this website in over a year, even though it's linked in their press release, which is, um, Hey, web design's hard, man. I, I don't so. know. Actually, if they, I mean, you know, that convention center gets booked like years in advance. Yeah. yeah. So if they don't have dates up already, I don't know, actually. All right. We're going back to Santa Monica. We're going uh, to Atlanta, baby. We're going back to Santa Monica boardwalk. <laughs> They do have their date. If they don't get LA, I'm telling you right now, they're moving it to Vegas. That oh, is my I, belief. Huh. I would have guessed Anaheim. Nah, they'll they'll just they'll I, fucking move it to Vegas. Think, Anaheim's got a very big convention center. I could see it does, it. but you it doesn't have gambling, drinking, gambling, mm. and legalized sex work. Mm. And if you want to bring in exhibitors, you want to bring in manufacturers, and you want to bring in. The other things they said, you need all those things. I don't know, man. Having your thing in Vegas makes me less likely to go. Mm. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go to Vegas at all. I'm just saying. The amount of the amount of Vegas overhead that is that exists on top of trying to do the work. Every trip to Vegas takes you know, for every 36 hours you spend in Vegas, you lose a week of your life. <laughs> um, I don't. Anyway. Ne- I don't necessarily want to go to L.A. either. So no, like, I mean, but I like. I mean, L.A. is at least more straightforward than Vegas. It's like yeah, it's just yeah. a city that you do city things in, and not like this adult playground <laughs> with stuff getting in your face all the time. My my only thoughts about this are a anything would be an improvement over what the ESA was trying to do before because clearly they didn't have a fucking clue. Yes, what what to do with E three? Agreed. Certainly knows how to run events, so at least it will be a functional event. Yes. B the thought of physically going to an E3 next year, like I cannot, I cannot wrap my head around it. Like it does not, it compute. seems unfathomable. The idea of going to another E3 is just like short circuiting my head. <laughs> like a, like a real E3, like a real yes. E3. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm I with had you. just, I had just written it off as a thing of the past. At this the, point. Me, uh, same here. Um, well, so, but the other side of that, you, you say that like they've had a hard time figuring out what that show is. The ESA does not seem to know why it exists anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it does not have the, like, blanket support as an organization, I feel like, that it had from publishers before. It feels like everyone just sort of tolerates the ESA as an org, because at a time, there was a thing that they did that was important. But these days, I don't know what the ESA even does anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's two functions were E3 and lobbying. And E3 is on hiatus, I guess we would say, rather than And dead. their lobbying effectiveness, and- I feel like, kind of went in the shitter at a certain point. Yeah, I don't keep up with a lot of legal goings on there. Well, I feel like they're probably, I, I don't know if they're involved in some of these mergers and stuff that have been happening around the games industry too, making sure that senators and congresspeople don't look too deeply into stuff. I don't think there's anything the ESA can do that the Microsoft could not do 10 times better on their own. That's fair. I mean, granted. Oh, that's for sure. People but- from Microsoft are in the ESA, so... Yeah, you know, it is. I'm just saying, I don't think they need that arm to do the yeah. lobbying for them. Satya Nadella can just fucking make some phone calls and he will get some senators <laughs> yeah. on the line. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, that's, that's probably, I'm sure he considered, <laughs> considers that below his pay grade, but 
Uh, you know, I bet I bet the ESA is also involved in international stuff. You know, uh, trying to make sure games are penetrating uh, certain markets. Are they? I feel like they are exclusively a U.S. arm. But they uh, they represent publishers that are trying to get their products into other territories. So I assume they have to be involved in you know making isn't sure. That, that, isn't that Peggy that does like Europe and? Oh, that's other? just the ratings board. Oh, that's I just the ratings board. That, okay. I don't think I don't know that Peggy is a broader organization. Than that. I mean, okay. I, I don't know for sure. I'm just trying to. Like, That's the, what, I don't know either. Yeah, you can. There, there's a bunch of information. You can go to theesa.com. Like they've got a full like. Here's all our policy positions, and here are our member companies, and so like we can. And I assume the member companies are just like every out. major publisher still. Um, I'm looking for. Yes, they have. Yeah, Tencent, NCSoft, Nexon. There's a bunch of international. Okay, so there are here. international companies involved. Okay. Yeah. So the, the I think the thing that we've we've gone over for the last ten years is relevance right and so mm-hmm. will read pop redefine what a relevant e3 is and for me pax was relevant in a way that was oh it's a much more fan-based thing it's a much more personal experience the traditional paxes like when i enjoyed going to paxes it wasn't necessarily to go see the latest and greatest whereas e3's relevance at the time was go see behind closed door stuff and the press conferences but that has changed so much. So I don't know what a relevant E3 is. I couldn't tell you what a relevant E3 is because publishers have just taken over so much of, the, of that space themselves. So maybe ReadPop has some good ideas. But Yeah, yeah, it, it remains to be seen if they'll pull it off. But like yeah. I said, them, them paying lip service to what E3 used to be is either telling or very cynical. I'm not sure yeah. which. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're going to go the content creator route and really try to pull in that that aspect of it well, I, are- I, my guess is they're gonna try to pull back from it because remember those pitch decks were going around like yeah. the year the pandemic started i think is when that was happening like they're you know they were straight up trying to like do all kinds of influencer mm-hmm. activations and yes activations brand brand opportunities and shit like that and like talking about getting nba players in there and like everybody was just sneering <laughs> at that early information coming out well it's good that you mentioned that because i think that's the other x factor in this is that before they did not have Jeff Keighley out there directly lobbying for his own thing that runs in parallel at the time to what E3 was, and this year, obviously, he just ran unopposed. But this year, like, like next year, if they actually do an E3, are they still going to do a Summer Games thing? Is Keighley going to try and lock up stuff specifically for that? Are they going to go to war? He absolutely well, will continue doing his thing. He's got yeah. way too much momentum to blink in the face of opposition at this point, but... Let me let me ask you this, and let me ask the general audience this, and I'd love to actually see some feedback from this, Brad. What do you what if E three did come back in twenty twenty three, and it doesn't have to be physical, but if something were called E three, what would you want it to be? Man, and I Alex, I'll, I'll send you the same question. Like, what do people want from an E three? I mean, for me, what I want is roll up whatever just happened this summer into one event. It's new game releases and updates on currently announced stuff just rolled into one week. And I just want all of that stuff to be consumed during that week. That's basically what I look for for E3. Yeah, I mean, the, the value of E3 for the role I was in was seeing video games that were both unreleased and also not being shown publicly, right? Right. Like, Sometimes like spent, getting hands-on. Like I spent, right. yeah, either either seeing off, hands-off demos or playing them myself and talking to the people making them. But like that was, you know, spent all day at the show, every day in meeting rooms right. doing that exact thing. So... Like in some theoretical world where we were there and also we're still doing that because I'm not really sure what we are these days. <laughs> like, I guess that would be what I would be looking so for. You'd want to take appointments for unreleased or unshown games. Yes. 
Okay. I mean, that's fair. TBD. Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious. Like what, what, what do they have? What would they be trying to hit? I don't know. Like, that's the thing is that like, I, I I agree with pretty much what Brad said, but like, I think we're now actually at the full on nostalgia wave for what E3 used to be. Yes. And the thing is, it's it can't like literally the material conditions that allowed E3 to be the thing that it was up until I'm going to say the te- the 2010s just don't exist anymore. You don't have publishers like Midway that are basically like paying in money and cocaine to get fucking, <laughs> you know, B-list celebrities and fucking bands and all this other shit to happen around right. the edges of that show. So what it has to be is it has to be a press event. But the problem is to make that compelling to people in an online heavy environment like we have now, where like Akili can secure stuff for these big streams and companies are more than happy to do their streams on their own to do their own state run media stuff. The expense just isn't worth it. And I don't think this is a solved problem yet. But what what? Yeah. But what would you want to see? You turn on E3. What do you want it? What do you or you I want the shittiest new metal band from 2003 <laughs> on a stage so fucking loud that you could be across the goddamn hall and you are still hearing the worst goddamn music you've ever heard in your life. I want Tony Hawk and whoever is in his sphere right now <laughs> yes. on fucking skate ramps doing their thing, doing tricks for no one. I want pro wrestlers signing autographs. I want garbage at a fucking <laughs> venue hosted by Microsoft. So you want the polish to come off a little bit. You, I you- want the fucking, the scuzzy fucking, <laughs> sh- like, exhibitor-focused E3 of old. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but the, you know what? I'm 40 years old. I'm perfectly happy to lean into my nostalgia. So here we go. So in your mind, E3 is still is an E3 with a pie chart up with some sales of a console, and then there's Tony Hawk doing a, a skateboarding yep. on a thing. And then you're going to the House of Blues later to go to the <laughs> Nintendo party to see a band you don't really like. Okay, okay. I think everybody just wants their old E3, really. I, I, I like for I just, like it, It's not that there weren't things from that E3 that needed to go away, like the booth babe aspect of it. I think being reduced is a good thing. I think the the sheer debauchery aspect of it being lessened is a good thing. But also, they never found a suitable replacement for that to make it as exciting. Really, the press conferences were it. The thing thing I would add to what I said earlier about seeing unreleased video games is like... the implicit aspect of your question that I was answering was, what do I want out of E3 that you yeah. can only get at E3? Yeah, yeah. No, that's, and that's, so like, like that's kind of what be I was clear, asking, yeah. Like, uh, the stage shows at E3 are fun, but they can also do edited streams that right. serve the exact same exactly. purpose and show a bunch of the same types of, of games and announcements. Like, those those don't have to happen at E3 anymore. Like, that's the only thing I can think of at E3 that you could only get there. Yes, where you can go, where you can go within ten minutes, be from uh, you know a Nintendo demo to a Microsoft demo because everybody's yeah. there, yeah, um, yes. right, without and having like, to fly across a country, right, and like you know, like all kinds of just random stuff happens at E3s where like, like I remember the first year that No Man's Sky was being discussed, like I couldn't get in to see that game on their normal meeting schedule, but like, I literally just talked to, I think it was Sean Murray. I talked to and like, it's like, we both were going to be in town like the Saturday morning after everybody was leaving or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, we got two hours. Yes. If you can make it to our hotel before like noon, you can come see the game. You know, it's like stuff like that happens where it's just like, Oh, I can just like kind of finagle my way into seeing some stuff that I wasn't even able to actually see. You know what I mean? Like that, 
Well, the, I think like that the, the, also the, speaks to another point of you got to, you got to then sit down with somebody who, well, in that case, they were on stage, but you get to sit down with the people making the game that right. are humans and talk yeah, about, right. you know, the human side of the craft. That's not necessarily the stage face or the presence right, but, that is. But yeah, but also not just the in-person aspect, but also just the random happenstance of it. Yeah. You know, it's right. like, oh, like I might run into somebody I haven't talked to in 10 years and they might be working on something cool and secret and I might get to see that, you know? Right. Totally. And there were just like, there were, you know, moments would come out of all those people being in a concentrated space that were kind, you know, would sometimes just be kind of amazing. Like I interviewed a guy who made all my favorite N64 wrestling games at E3 one year because he was working on one of those ultimate muscle games. And I had through a translator, I got to sit there and be like, yo, I fucking love virtual pro wrestling too, man. And I had a conversation with him and it was amazing. Like just having those moments where people who are normally just not around for us press people from Japan, people from Europe, whatever, all in one space is a great, is still, I think, a great idea. It is a great thing. There are it's also, just that the justification for it is just so much lessened. I got, I got to, I, the director of one of the Drakengard games told me that I should do voice acting for his game. There what? you go. How did See, that that's not amazing. happen? It was, I, that's an E3 well, moment, baby. It was, it was, yes. I don't think that, that could not have been Yoko Taro, right? <laughs> I don't think it was. It might have been the director. If he wasn't wearing a giant head, I don't think that was him. It might have been the producer or some. Also, Dragon Guard is very old. This was. This may have been like pre-head. Because I think Dragon Guard Three is the one that he really worked on, right? Uh, yeah. Pre-head. I I can't remember which Dragon Guard it was. Okay. Well. Anyway. There's a lot more news that we're going to get to uh, about E3 and also for the rest of this podcast. But um, I think re- I think this is a probably a positive step. I think, Brad, like you said at the top, whatever it's better than whatever else was going on there, which was kind of nothing at this point. Yes. So uh, I think Reed Pop is probably the person who might be able to do something interesting, has an idea of what those spaces look like. They're trying to figure out packs now. So you know. I'll just I'll just say the last detail, though, is that like. I sure hope COVID is in a fucking controlled space by the time next year rolls around because it sure doesn't feel like that's going to happen. In a year? In a year? I, I'm i not convinced. Mm. I'd say in a year I could see the space being different. Like, uh, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Better or Maybe, worse, though, is the thing. Uh, my hope is better, but who knows? Okay. Maybe we'll be in a monkeypox situation in a year or so. Fair enough. Who knows? All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got more news to talk about. Stay tuned. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point... I had to drill down. I had to I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day, my busy schedule, your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, when in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, 
recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. All right, we are back. And this next story, Brad Shoemaker, the is... The way the headline was written was interesting to me uh, about a possible single-player game in the Apex, well, they say Apex Legends universe, which is a game that is in the Titanfall universe. Yes, that's the, well, yeah, so the facts here are there are some job listings up. They are on Respawn's site. This is not like, oh, somebody's LinkedIn profile Mm -hmm. for five minutes said Apex Legends on it or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. It's like job listings straight from Respawn that some of them uh, refer to uh, an Apex Universe FPS incubation title. <laughs> that sounds like a, like when you go to look at the name of the uh, uh, the app when you're like picking your OBS thing to capture and it says like Apex mm-hmm. incubation title instead of yes. the name mm-hmm. of the real game. Dot exe. Um, <laughs> exactly. I mean, in reality, this is just the Respawniverse, right? Like this is <laughs> sure. this is their stuff primarily. That is not Star uh, Wars. Some some of the other job listings also use the phrase brand new respawn single player adventure. Okay. Uh so you know, they're not committing to anything, like they're incubating a potential single player Apex game. Yeah. But yes, that is absolutely the initial reaction to have is just like isn't the Apex Legends universe the Titanfall universe? Except it is. I don't think except I don't think it is anymore because Apex is so much bigger than Titanfall now. Mm. And it, the vibe is very different. Like Titanfall yeah. was a great couple of games that were pretty humorless. Apex yeah, I don't know. Two had some jokes in it. I, yeah, but I not, so, this, not like, Apex kind of jokes. No, I, I would even I would even say in terms of like its visual art design and stuff like that, it was like fairly like drab is not the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean. Like there, mm-hmm. there was a realism to it. There was like a little a, austere, maybe. Yeah, like Apex is jokey and colorful and kind of big and splashy. You yes. Know? Yeah. And I feel like the tone is different enough that. It, it certainly does not feel like a Titanfall game to me, so I, I bet whatever this is hues way closer to the Apex vibe. Let me just ask this question, because I think the answer is probably no, but I just okay. want to say it. Given how big Apex is now, is this not how you would describe Titanfall 3 if you were trying to attract new talent? Like, like probably, but also, I mean, my, this, is, and this, is, this is me putting my corporate suit hat on this is not what i would do necessarily but like why i I wouldn't make a titanfall 3 at this point like i would would not not, Mm. like like just the way that the bean counters think and look at numbers and stuff like that i mean apex like i said again like titanfall had its chance like i don't mean that in a dismissive way but like you know you can go back like you know we've talked about it many times like even the way that ea launched titanfall 2 was highly suspect well especially they they put it out like a week a week before whatever battlefield was out that year and yada 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 but still the bottom line is like the titanfall games came out and did what they did and then apex came out and did way more mm-hmm. and so like just from a like you know revenue potential standpoint i'm sure that i, I highly doubt this is a titanfall 3 you're could, probably right it could be a fun thing if they what if Apex takes place after the Titans are kind of derelict because they came out with all this 
technology for the legends, let's say, and they they're it's in that universe of a post Titanfall universe. Yeah, that's sounds that sounds interesting, and I wonder like have they ever really gone into much detail about where know. the robots are at? Like <laughs> I don't. I, don't keep I up checked with, like, out the, on the actual fiction of Apex Legends pretty early on, so maybe they've elaborated on some of that stuff as time has gone on, but like, I feel like they have tried to keep those things as separate as they can be, despite the fact that they are in the same universe. Yeah, yeah. Like, Apex obviously is a hero shooter, first and foremost. I don't know if they've ever touched on the larger fiction is stuff. It a, is it a game in the universe? Or, or is it like a competition in the universe? Or is it I, a blood sport? Was, I like think a, that's right. Like, they... Definitely kind of framed it like it was some kind of competition game thing. Because uh, there are banners and stuff yeah. in, in the world. So it's... They, they they never they never went quite as hard on the game show aspect of it as I thought they were setting it up as originally. Okay. But, but I'm sure does, somebody knows. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, I, I just... I'm kind of like with Alex. I kind of checked out on the lore. Uh, if there are comics, I have just missed them or other materials but yeah, I, yeah listen i think respawn's got a pretty good track record i'm curious to see what they've got next i want to see that new star wars game more yes. than i want to see this but uh yeah I'm i think they're you. they're a de- developer when they announce a new game you know my ears perk up and i want to see what they're putting out see i'm For kind sure. of the opposite like mm-hmm. i as much as the star wars thing, like i want to see what they learn from that first star wars <laughs> game and see what they improve like i'm more invested in the idea of a new single player game from them that does not require you know star wars branding like even if this isn't a titanfall sequel and even if this isn't like a direct tie to apex legends yeah like i want to see what that is I, i'm what? curious what they 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 like where are they going to where are they going to branch that whole thing out to given you know the resources and you know the the go ahead from ea like what can they do with it Oh, sorry. Okay, so you're more interested in what this is than the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, and, okay. which is not to say I'm not interested in Star Wars at all. It's just yeah, that yeah. I think I think to me the idea of them doing a new single player IP, even if it is rooted in that universe, is just yeah. more interesting to me. You know, you, it's a fair point. It's you know, it's their IP and they can kind yeah. of do what they want. I just really like that Star Wars game too. Yeah, they, no, man, that's that, that game it was so rough, but it was like it had so much potential. It, it had great like ideas. It, felt like it needed another six months in the hopper, but man, like they. Yes, they brought it on that. And and I think just tangentially, uh, it just happened to be one of, I don't know, the Star Wars games I'd say have a 30% hit rate. It could be even lower than that. Um, yeah. Like recent There's Star Wars games. There's been a lot games. of them, to be yeah. fair. It was, so. it was among the best Star Wars, original Star Wars stories in a video yeah. game. Like, yeah. And certainly one of the best this decade. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, um, so that's Respawn. Anyway, yeah. This thing is like out in... No, no man's land, right? This is just oh, a job. Totally. I mean, like they're they they literally don't even have like a crack team, you know, core pre-production right. type thing going. From the sound of it, they're trying to staff up for that. So okay, years away, but look for it at E three twenty twenty. I would seven. I I would not put money on there being giant robots in it personally. Uh, uh, I hope they mention. Yeah, like I said, it'd be cool to see them try to tie it in in some fun way. Uh, the next one, we got a block here of release yes. dates, Brad. Video game watch 2022 continues. It's okay. happening. Actually, I, I believe this is officially a sign of the end times. Bayonetta <laughs> 3 has a release date. <laughs> Holy shit. We, we literally were talking yesterday about how we thought that game was coming out next year. Uh, Bayonetta 3, what is the release date, Brad? I think, the, I think they had said 2022 at one point. That but, means nothing that, anymore. That, that could mean that means yeah, basically nothing until October, uh, October twenty eighth. 
on it's not uh, as far off as it's like three months from now. <laughs> yeah. And in case anybody forgot, this is Switch. Will we get another one? Switch exclusive. Uh, yes. Yeah, a Bayonetta 3 somewhere else down the line? I don't think uh, so. I, I, I mean, know. I think Nintendo is like co-funding this, right? Or entirely funding this. Yeah, no, Nintendo is publishing and funding this. Yeah, like, so this is, this is definitely a Switch only. Like, I like Bayonetta. Let Bayonetta off the Switch. Like, mm. let, let, let Bayonetta... Let Bayonetta join I mean, the other Bayonetta. First of all, first of all, no. Just no. That's not I, going to happen. Let Bayonetta go. We'll talk about other Bayonettas, like the line from... I don't. I, this is from this Video Games Chronicle story that's pulling from some Nintendo marketing material that I don't have in front of me, but the line they pulled from it says that this game features, quote, a veritable coven of Bayonettas, each more fabulous than the last. There you go. Yeah, but none sounds, of them are the original voice actress, apparently. That, that sounds amazing. Yeah, did that ever get resolved? I, what got resolved is a different woman is voicing Vanetta now, and is that's that, it. Is that, is that confirmed? That's weird. Yes, it is. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, as far as Switch games go, this looks fine. Like, that was a long trailer. It's like three and a half minutes or something. Mm, and, yeah. Like, it looks like it runs well. You know, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Well, Shirley it looks Platinum tuned for knows. the Switch. Yeah, like Shirley Platinum knows, hey, a Bayonetta game needs to run at 60 frames per second steadily. Yes. Let's make sure we design around that target. Yeah. Uh, but yes, like a Bayonetta game on the powerful new consoles would be cool. Be neat. Like, uh, but, it's just one that went found its way off uh, everywhere, Well, one right? wasn't a Nintendo game at all, remember? It was... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was oh, a 360 PS3 game. Yep. Oh, it Published, it published by Sega. Didn't come to a Wii in the beginning? Uh, no, well, it eventually came to... I, did yeah, there was a collection, right? Did they put Bayonetta one on the Wii U? They did eventually put it on Wii U. I don't remember if it came at the same time as Bayonetta two or not, but Bayonetta, Bayonetta two was a Wii U game. Yes, yeah. so I think I think you're right. I think it was at release or after of Bayonetta two. I think the first. So one two and three exclusives, and that's yes. And then they have that new collection for the Switch, right? One and two. Yeah. Yes. So one one is yeah, the one is coming to the Switch. Uh, and stuff. Anyway, that looks yeah. cool. It just, yeah, that's neat. October. I'm glad I got a release date. I'm glad it's, it's actually coming. It's notable that it's coming out this year. I, I played a chunk of two and kind of bounced off. So, see, two's the one I actually played the most of. Uh, they, I respect those games. They have goofed up by not just releasing it on Halloween, but I get it. Not everything I can, know. you know. I mean, not everything lines up perfectly. But October twenty eighth, twenty twenty two, they'll probably release that. On October 20, 28th. 2017, this game was announced. Yes. And then for four years, they basically said nothing about it. Yeah, I mean... Speaking of games that were uh, announced stages ago, uh -huh. Skull and Bones is also supposedly coming out on November... I believe it's 8th? Uh, yes, November 8th, supposedly. Is I don't Skull, believe Skull it. and Bones, the Ubisoft pirate battle... Pirate loosely, battle game. Loosely based on the, like, boat mechanics from, like... Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed 4, but like not is, based but... in the Assassin's Creed universe. Yeah. Right. I think inspired by. Is yes. Inspired by the boat stuff, basically. Yes. But also like a very troubled development, you know, <laughs> like it, it, it was announced in 2018. Like they remember there was that story in 2020 that it, they had essentially started over, yes. et cetera, et cetera. So who knows what state this is in, but it's supposedly I coming out. Thought this hey, was canceled. Video, video games coming out in 2022. So here's the comment Worth I noting. have. Yeah. Between this and Bayonetta, is this publishers being like, we need to close the books 
on these fucking games that have been floating around forever. Just we get need it some out. stuff for the holidays. Just get it out. Eh, there's there's no way to know. I mean, maybe, maybe they turned it around. You know, maybe maybe after that reboot a couple of years ago, they really got on track with it. See, Bayonetta, I could believe that with because not to say that Platinum's recent track record has been great, but I could see that coming together. Skull and Bones, I feel like I read reporting like six months ago that said that thing was a mess. Mm. Also, it wasn't shown during the summer, which Bayonetta, I feel like, was shown at a direct. Uh, last year. Last year was the direct? It was last it was, year was the last okay. time they talked about it. Like, I mean, this is coming, Skull and Bones is coming to PS5 and Xbox. It, it, you feel like it would have been shown somewhere, maybe, if it, if it was if it was in a state that, you know, it's coming out this year. Because those publishers want stuff to have on their platforms for this totally. year to announce. They want to have stuff on the platforms, and I imagine there are certain things that they're just like, we need to just get this thing out the door. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but I'm just saying I feel like people should gird themselves to the possibility that these long-in-development games that are just suddenly coming out in October might not be fully baked. Uh, I'm looking at their website. I'm trying to see if they have a live test announcement, but it just says register for future live tests. Yeah. I want to know. I want to see someone you watch, playing this. Did you watch the full gameplay demo? I didn't watch it the like whole thing. It was like seven thing. minutes long. No. I should it watch the whole like, thing. It seemed like all the things you kind of would have expected. I kind of scrubbed through it, yes. And it, it seemed... I, I mean, listen. If, like you said... What, could what, be, what if Sea of Thieves wasn't funny? <laughs> and also had more like loot mechanics? Yeah, I'm more interested in off the boat stuff. Like, hmm. So that watching right. the last trailer they put out, I don't know that you're going to find much or anything. It's, I want to know what's going on there. Anyway, let's we'll see what what happens. Skull and Bones. Yeah, that 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 yeah. that ship combat was cool. I mean, I'll at least see how this turns out. Uh, as a quick aside here, speaking of things that got release dates, apparently the. Uh, the Sega Genesis Mini 2 is coming out here? Huh, mm. okay. So I I tried to find... That got announced in Japan a couple months ago, right? Yes, and it includes Sega CD games. It's going to have 50 games on it, and it has the six-button controller, it looks like. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to double-check. I want to say the U.S. version of the first Genesis Mini only had the three-button pad, which was some bullshit. So this version is apparently an Amazon exclusive, and it is an Amazon Japan exclusive. Because I don't Wait. think the Genesis Mini original sold super well here. Huh. So basically, they are making a version you can buy that I think is English language, but it is only being sold through Amazon Japan, so you have to pay like an extra shipping fee on top of that. Weird. I mean, I've yeah. bought stuff from Amazon Japan before. It's not very hard to do. You just make an no, Amazon it's not. Japan account. But. but there is like generally more shipping involved. Yeah, and customs, you know, if you're... In North America. Oh, huh. yeah, this is strange. Huh. Like, Wario 64 I'm, had to clarify what the process of this was, which lets you know that it was definitely not straightforward. But yeah, basically, this is the official release of this thing in North America, but it has to be bought through Amazon, and it is through Amazon Japan. Yeah, this is weird. I'm on the official site for the Genesis Mini 2, not the Mega Drive Mini 2, but it's a Sega.jp Sega uh, mm -hmm. website, but it's all in English. It has an Amazon link that does, yes, uh, link you off to an Amazon page to buy it. What a weird thing. Anyway. So I, I did not buy the original Mini. I pre-ordered this one because I was like, fuck uh, it. Let's just see how this goes. 
Well, at least we get the good controller. Um, let's see. It's got Sonic CD. Okay. Shining Force CD. Sylphied. <laughs> uh, let's see. Virtual Racing. Vector Man 2. Shining in the Darkness. Hmm. I assume this will have the same games that were also on the original Genesis don't, Mini, right? I don't think that's the case. Well, I, they I will highly, when I get a hold of it. <laughs> highly doubt that's the case, but yes, go go with God. Um, I it looks like I did find a link on a on the American or or North American Amazon page, but it is also looks like it's coming from Japan. So yeah, uh, it's yeah, twenty two dollars delivery. So I pulled up the the previous Genesis Mini. These are totally different games. Okay. Uh, so you're going in, Alex. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? I didn't buy with the original. I'm sure I could probably get the other, the original cheap if I really needed it. But like, I want that controller, and yeah. you know, I just kind of want to see how this goes. It's about a hundred bucks. It's a hundred and three dollars before plus, shipping. Plus shipping, right? Okay. Interesting. 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 I just have no like affiliation with Genesis. Like, uh, yeah, I just didn't have one growing up. But I, I listen. I got those Nintendo ones that sit here collecting dust. Yeah. Um, in my stuff lifestyle. I also have one more thing here. Uh, the there has actually been a delay. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Sam Barlow's Immortality. Uh huh. Has been delayed to August. Hmm. Oh man, it snuck back onto our Planorama list, and now it has yep. to sneak back off of our Planorama list. Well, it'll be on our Planorama list next month. Oh okay. Uh okay. Interesting. I mean, one month isn't that big of a deal. I just you know it's worth highlighting since we did just talk about it. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, best of luck with the release. Releasing games yeah. also hard. All right, we have some new announcements here, Brad. You've yeah, dropped, dropped in some stories here from is it Nacom or Nacom? Nacom, Nacom, I think. Nacom, which, which we had the shocking, the startling revelation before this podcast that that Nacom was formerly Big Ben Interactive, <laughs> and I was like, oh, them. Yep. Weird. I wonder why they changed their name. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, they had some kind of reveal stream. I guess this RoboCop game was announced last year or sometime. Was it? And I had completely forgotten about it. I believe that's the case. We probably okay. talked about it at some point, but uh, there is footage now. Just doing a, doing a little block of games based on our movies from our childhood here. <laughs> uh, I just, I wanted to come in here. I watched that trailer and I was just all ready to come in here and just be like, can Paul Verhoeven not get a break? Like... <laughs> How many time? How many of his, his like? How many of his deep satires can you take and just play straight as video games? For God's <laughs> sake, stop! But it's a, so it's a first person shooter. Yes. Mm-hmm. But like the last like thirty seconds of that trailer makes me think maybe they are going in the, in that direction. Like the movie did. Like there is a lot of like. There's literally a "Can you fly?" joke in there. Yes, that's yes, that's awful. Like that. Like fucking. That was bad. What, what are we doing? And it's not even. It's not even. It's not Clarence um, Boddicker. Right, right. It's like, it's just some random punk who asks a dude, can you fly before he throw it? Like, come on. But they did get Peter Weller. Yeah. That's where, that's where like referential nostalgic media is at mm. these days. Like you just had, somebody has to say the line. It doesn't even matter who. Here's, uh, as the person who reviewed the last RoboCop first person shooter that came uh, out, the Titus Interactive game, which is a pile of garbage. Was that first person? Yes. Oh man. This looking like the spiritual successor to that game does not give me a great deal of hope. Yeah, maybe. I, I two things. I Peter Weller sounds shockingly good as RoboCop in this. Mm-hmm. Like, I assume he's he's getting up there at this point, right? He is, but he's got a good life now. He's like an art history professor somewhere at some upstate New York college. Wow, really weird. Yes. 
that's cool. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he, the, the Robocop voice sounds like surprisingly accurate, though. He's, he's 75. Um, but yeah, like this does seem like there is some full on Robocop, like resisting his programming and clinging to his humanity and like also maybe shooting up a bunch of OCP dudes type stuff in here. So like maybe this is not like my, my fear was just, this is just let's, let's just play the fantasy of being a robot cop shooting bad guys as straight as possible. I I'm with you, but at the same time, the tagline they used of become the RoboCop is the worst right. possible tagline. You have to do you know what happened to the guy that became the RoboCop? It, it fucking good. sucked, dude. Right. That's, that's what I mean is like stuff like that. Did not inspire confidence, but I don't know. My, my notes when I wrote that when I was looking at this for the news was, um, is Robocop the answer or the problem? I'm not, I'm, is, is, cause you can be both. You're not really, it's never really quite clear from the original Robocop, but maybe Robocop one is another one of those movies that the first one was a, a, a thing that had a message that was supposed to be a self-contained thing. And then as you go into the action phase of two and three and four, four. Three. No, there's only three, three movies. Two tried to be the satire that one was, but it mm. just didn't quite have the tone right. Three is garbage. <laughs> Despite being a movie that literally is about Robocop, Robocop fighting robot ninjas, it is yeah. trash. I've never seen it, but don't they give Robocop a jetpack? Yes, they do. <laughs> but, and all those things sound like they should be great. They are not. But Ro- Robocop, uh, and, and, and just, let's... Let's admit that I, I maybe I saw Robocop very young and, mm. you know, saw it we for the did. action movie that it was and didn't come to the... Also the two animated series, maybe, <laughs> that you caught one time or another. And the toys and, and all that uh-huh. stuff. So so maybe was missing some of the deeper meaning in Robocop. But Robocop is a tragedy, right? Like, it, not yes. a tragedy of a movie, but it is a tragedy no, it's of an a American human. tragedy. Yeah, like about a human who, against kind of against his will and against maybe the better judgment of the people making Robocop... Is a, is a kind of horror situation. Oh, yeah. No, it is a, it is about the commodification of labor. It is about, you know, the fucking, the human body being used for the purposes of capitalistic labor. It is about fucking, you know, the, the rampant privatization of, you know, social services. Like, there's a million things that RoboCop is about that almost nothing else that is RoboCop related ever quite got. That is not just about uh, a super soldier fighting crime. Yeah. Right. Right, cleaning up the streets. I mean that—that that is the marketing campaign from the movie. That yes. is the satire, right? Like, yes. oh, here's a here's a here's a here's a uh, lighter taxpayer burden to clean up the streets, right? Like, here's here's this more sanitized, safer way to to clean. What is the name? Is it Detroit? New Detroit? Uh, uh, Delta City a, is the name. Delta of, City. Okay. Yeah, like in old Detroit. Old, yeah. Detroit, old Detroit. Anyway, I, I I agree with you, Brad. There are moments in that in that trailer where they say, "Well, like she's get interviewing uh, the person, and like he had a moment of hesitation. What does this mean for your product?" Uh, which maybe they're gonna do. Yeah, maybe they'll get into it. But I just don't know, man. I don't know if yeah, Nikon Interactive has the chops on this one. I, I would not put money on it, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. What else do they got? Well, if this if this doesn't work, what else do they have in their pocket? Yeah, right. Seriously. They also confirmed the existence of that Terminator survival game that's been rumored. Some concept art had gotten out for that. See, uh, this at least is a ago. novel approach to something. Yeah, like that type of game seems like it would lend itself yes. well to that, that setting, universe. The, yeah. the future the future war stuff. It says it takes place between the the kind of the the 
going online of Skynet and uh, John Connor's resistance, right? So it is mm-hmm. it is that survive it is a survival period with, that would make sense. And I feel like there's room to flesh out or flesh on uh, mm-hmm. uh, skin jobs to get to, to kind of go into that universe. Actually, this doesn't seem like a bad idea on paper. I mean, I it's better than just doing another first person shooter. Yes. I wonder I wonder if they try to make it a single player story driven thing or if it is just a flat out multiplayer survival game with no narrative. <laughs> you got to punch a tree. I don't think we're going to find out for a while because it sounds like this one is very early in development. Hmm. That, that would be actually a really interesting shift for licensed games to become just the completely storyless, open-ended survival game. Because, you know, like the story-based like third-person shooter or whatever was the default template for ages, right? Yeah. You know, like they, yes, they shoehorned sure. every IP you can think of. Like, remember they made that J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie came out. They made a third-person shooter out of it. Like, yes. If this is the shift that, because, you know, like that's, you know, Minecraft, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's that's what's big now. Mm-hmm. You might be aware. So, like to see to see uh, licensed IPs showing up in that form instead of the kind of bland, you know, single player shooter retelling form would be interesting. I just wonder if that's what the the rights holders always want, right? They probably just want their main character shoved into a retelling that's going to make money hand over fist. Uh, yeah, well, they just want money, you know. If yeah. you just tell them, like, oh, this is, what, this is all the kids are playing this now. Yeah. Also, Roblox. have you, you seen plays sta- Roblox? Right? You know, this is this is this is the thing. Have you seen the state of the Terminator franchise these days? They'll take what is any the state? Like, I don't. I don't think. There, I don't think there is one. I think, yeah. that, uh, at least cinematically, I think Terminator is done. Is there yeah, no like out of movies? Hulu series or something for Terminator at this like point? Like Dark Fate, I think people kind of liked, but everything okay. before that was pretty bad. It had some interesting ideas. Uh, it, just, I, it was just that that series was never able to escape its origins. No, like they just could not stop putting Arnold Schwarzenegger in everything. And Th- those first two movies are just so unassailable, and then everything after that is just such a steep decline. It should, it should have stopped. It should have just stopped after two. Please stop. That arcade game's all right though. The light gun one. That one's all right. Uh, Brad, you got some uh, Red Dead news? Quick, a uh, couple of things here. They are, they being Rockstar, apparently not going to do major updates for Red Dead Online anymore. Like, they are still going to do, like, seasonal events and, you know, uh, some new missions in some of the existing frameworks, but, like, big major new modes and, like, character class types and stuff like that Yeah, are done, apparently. <sighs> It seems shocking saying that, considering that Red Dead Online has not been out for that many years, but here's the thing. If they really had an idea for how to make that thing successful, they would have done it by now, and they clearly just did not have that. Yeah, I guess this felt like just kind of confirmation to me that this was never going to be as big as GTA Online. I mean, I guess that goes without saying, but at least big enough that they would continue supporting it perpetuity. Again, they're not shutting down. Like, right. They are going to keep doing stuff. But it's for the the language is very much like we're gonna keep kind of tweaking existing the existing stuff in here. We're not gonna add like major new things anymore. I I played a decent amount of this with my brothers. It was our Sunday night game for a while, and it felt at the time felt pretty thin. And then at some point, the season pass stuff was so fa- few and far between that we we all fell off of it because we we kind of ran out of stuff to do because we weren't participating in a lot of the PVP stuff that was happening and that felt like a lot of it. Uh they had introduced they had expanded some of the class um roles 
but it, we just kind of fell off of it, like the the hunting and the and the bootlegging or the you know uh, yeah. distillery stuff. It just it just felt like they never found the hook. You know, like GTA had the heists. You know, they found things in there that they could get people to keep coming back to time and time and time again. And I know online ha- like I read that online has its community, but it just feels like they never found that thread that would get the mass of people that a GTA Five got. Because I mean, it's not like Red Dead Two didn't sell. Right. Like that game sold millions and millions of copies. It just feels like the online component just never had, you know, that that component that would like make it the thing that just is like their forever online experience. <laughs> Reason yeah. for shark bucks to be bought. Clearly, clearly, what they wanted clearly did not happen. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads into the other story, which extremely bums me out. Um, the So we talked, uh, that was it last week or two weeks ago that we talked about that they had apparently had that plans for. Yeah, so they, they had planned to remaster GTA 4 and Red Dead 1 in the wake of that GTA trilogy remaster and that those are now on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same leaker who leaked that stuff has now also come out and said that uh that a PS5 and Xbox Series update or re-release for Red Dead 2 is also now off the table, which sucks. <laughs> yes. That should happen. I mean, that game ran great on, like, Pro, you know, a, a Series X and a, and, and a Pro. Well, but it was, it was locked 38 frames per second on both, so, like, that isn't always going to bum some people out. Has that game not come to PC yet? Yeah, it's on PC. Oh, it like, is you on can PC. Play, okay. You can play a very nice and high-performing game okay. or version of that game. For sure. But okay. It would have been nice for that to roll out for... Oh, totally. Uh, yeah, that would have been great. New console owners as well, which apparently is not going to happen, which, come on, man. Would but, like, have... it's all hand, hands on deck for GTA 6 now, right? Like, that seems to be the indication that's, from all this stuff. That's the word. I mean, that's even what they said about Red Dead on, Online, was, like, yeah. we were shifting all, of our, uh, shifting all of our resources toward GTA right now. Which is interesting to me, just because... Rockstar has always had this leeway to kind of dick around and do things and try things as long as they were making money, it feels like. And for them to be like, we got to get everyone working on this one thing. Everyone? Everyone. Everyone! Thank you. Yeah, that, you that, seems like, that seems like a recent shift, recent-ish in the last like 10 years at least. Like Red Dead 2 was the first game I remember hearing there where it was like every Rockstar studio is on this game. Yeah. Like, this thing is so gigantic that literally everybody, all fucking, like, 2,000 people or whatever or in the, the credits are, are working on this game. Um, I, man, I continue to be so <laughs> desperate to find out what GTA 6 is about, despite not even being a big GTA fan. Like, I more just, like, from an industry watcher perspective, just like, what what is that game? What are they, yeah, what, what are they going to do? There's so know. many, like, you know, the, having the creator and kind of creative brain trust having left, like, yeah. the expectation like the the inherent absurdity of modern life being like like you know being beyond satire at this point like i just what the fuck is a gta 6 at this point i have no idea good luck yeah it is a it's that's a tall order uh but also uh, that game's gonna sell 
Of yeah, course yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. No one's denying that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that goes without saying. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. I, just, I, mean, I have to. I need to know what it is. I Sam th- Hauser could take a shit in a box, <laughs> and they would still sell it. I think GTA Six will 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 do just fine. GTA Seven is the one that we don't know is going to sell. Okay, it kind of depends on GTA. Yeah, 6. I mean, unless I mean, if Six really shits the bed, yeah. I guess there's a chance. But like <laughs> Five is from a from a single player perspective. One of their worst games in that series, and people still like that the game still makes billions of dollars thanks to online. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I bet no matter what happens with six, either here's a bold prediction: it is going to ship day and date with an online a parallel online thing that uses the engine for GTA Six to be its to replace the GTA Online stuff. I wonder. Uh. It's a what big G- risk for them to G- take GTA online and have a parallel thing, but I think they, I don't know, I guess they could just dump all that, that stuff back into GTA online. Uh-oh, Alex, what's up? Oh, I just had a nightmare idea. It's only online. No. What if all of GTA online from 5 is in the 6 that also, what if it's a multi-city online? Uh, what do you mean? Like they, you can go into like GTA all the content online? from Fives Online yeah. is still in there in the <sighs> Six Engine. Oh, and they just they connected up to whatever. Um, yeah, like you, new you, you can literally or... fly between cities. Yeah, mm. I can see something like that happening. I just like, I don't know that they would want to yes, to offline, cut off yeah. what they have in Five. You're and right, obviously, they wouldn't have to. They could just run Five separate as its own online client. But I feel like they wouldn't do that. Yeah, pro- providing some seamless on ramp for current players. Is probably pretty important. Uh, all right. Well, a lot of TBD there. Yeah, definitely, and TBD far in the future, probably. But yes. Um, and I guess maybe that's that's Rockstar Radio Silent for a bit, since that's all the projects now. All the blood is going to the heart and the, the inner core. Well, they've been Radio Silent. I mean, other than putting out those GTA remakes, like they really haven't said much in the last few years. That wasn't here's another GTA Online update. Yeah, there's no telling how long before they show or say anything about six. Uh, all right, Brad. This last story here. Yeah, man. Speaking of, is a real speaking, speaking of the absurdity of modern life. Uh huh. Beyond parody. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure just about everybody knows by now that uh, the former prime minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe, was assassinated since our last podcast, and. <laughs> Somehow it came to be pinned on Hideo Kojima to the extent that several a number of news stations around the world ran pictures of Hideo all be- Kojima. All because of a tweet from some far-right politician yes. in, in, in France, France that tweeted it out. Yes, who, who tweeted, who tweeted uh, something that said that the far left kills or the extreme left kills along with several photos of Kojima surrounded by Che Guevara paraphernalia or wearing a hat with some, some Soviet iconography on it. I just like, what the fuck? I, there's man? like really no place to even start with this, right? Like there's, there's nothing really even to say because it's so absurd on its face. Well, what there is to say is that I don't know that there's anything more emblematic of the completely broken state in the way, in terms of the way information travels on the internet now than this, because yeah. This guy got it from some fucking forum somewhere and did not research it and has now had to walk it back and apologize because Kojima's Productions is now talking about suing potentially people for for defamation. 
And, you know, it's like, it's not that, like, the story really took hold. Like, anyone who saw a picture of Kojima is like, that's not who did that. Mm. But at the same time, like, it got far enough that, like, certain news orgs were just picking it up. Yes. Without checking it. Right. It is a mirror to our broken time of, like, hey, you want to know what's wrong? Check this. People... 24 hour news and people having to just kind of uh, go out of their way to have a story without fact checking, uh, you know, what is the reliability of the people you listen to or see or the great normalization of everybody's voice on a, on a platform to say, Hey, is this, is this true or not? Fuck. I, I also love that. We are like, we're like what decades in at this point to people appropriating like revolutionary imagery for purely aesthetic reasons, you know, like fucking Che shirts in college mm-hmm. being worn by drunk frat bros, you know, like that yes. shit has been around forever. <laughs> like the idea that you could peg somebody as a leftist assassin purely because here they are wearing a Che Guevara shirt or whatever is like just so fucking ridiculous at this point. It's, it's, oh, a, it's a depressing wild story that, we shouldn't have to be reporting on this. Like it no. is a, it is, a, you know, it touches the video game world. It's it just, it just makes me depressed to even I, see this stuff. Honest, honest to God, I, I apology and retraction aside, I, I hope Kojima Productions does sue this person at least. This yeah, politician. Their their language is is not super direct on that. It's like Kojima Productions strongly condemns the spread of fake news and rumors. We do not tolerate such libel and will consider taking legal action in some cases. Yeah, is what they said. So. I hope they do. I, I don't. I don't know if I don't know if they actually will or not. But like, what a dumb thing, man. Well, you, you hope that there's some accountability for it, right? Like that that this person. This oh, there won't be. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like you would hope that there's something that it's just like, nope. Onto the next tweet. Here we go. Uh, it, you know, one of those things of like, hey, if you could get this so wrong, everybody looking at your timeline should now question anything else you put up. You know, in in the future. It's just this is bananas. That is going to wrap up the news for this week. We're going to take another quick break here, and we're going to be back with some games we've been playing this week. So stick around. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time, like I always do. <laughs> ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, and just better. I just use ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet let's say what what are you doing on that vacation there i was i had to access my github account Uh and i was doing some coding and then sure i I used my express vpn and then vpn into my home computer likely story Uh uh-huh and then uh i watched uh you know i watched uh some videos uh you know and it's fast what they all say it's got great speeds it was connected very easily i was even able to stream in hd problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. Says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. 
That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. Expressvpn.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. Okay, we are back. And let me say this. Mm-hmm. There are definitely games out there, and I've been playing some games. I think, though, I think I might be ready to... I was holding the PS5 controller in my hand. And I, said, and I said, I think this is the time to go back to Elden Ring. Oh, no. What do you guys it's think? bold words, my mm. friend. I, I, so I think I got the, fir- the least far out of, the, uh, out of you guys. I might have actually gotten less than you. We'll see, but... I think I, I beat that, that first boss and then stopped. Uh, oh, wow, then, yeah. And then I didn't go any further. I never beat that first boss, but I wandered around a whole lot. Okay. After okay, not yeah, beating I, that first boss. I, I definitely got quite a bit deeper in than you guys. I think it's my Elden Ring time. I think, uh, uh, so Man, I didn't play it for this week. Time. I was all ready to come in here and say that I had picked up another game oh. from earlier this year, but we'll get there. Okay, so, well, so there's no Elden Ring this week, but... I think I think maybe next week I might have some Elden I, Ring. I'm in a rut, man. I need something. And if we're gonna like, if you're, if we want to like, as a group, well, put, put, put our brains together and return to the world of Elden Ring, maybe this is the thing to do Damn because it. I have just had no inspiration with anything that I've been playing lately. I was all ready to come in here and say, "Hey, I'm back into Horizon." No, you should do Horizon because I would love to talk to you about Horizon. So maybe Alex, if you and I want to Elden, yeah. Uh, on the side you should definitely i am very curious brad i really want to pick your brain about some of the late game horizon stuff yeah i'm gonna have to like go find some youtube super cut of all the cutscenes or something for her for horizon talk about horizon now uh sure we can start with horizon yeah i don't have time to say about it but um i mean it's just this is spoiler free horizon stuff talk about well yeah i'm still okay uh, i gotten 20 ish hours in i think Okay. okay By the time I left off, uh, but I haven't done anything else since story-wise. Man, talk about games that are hard to come back to. Mm. <laughs> like, I took one look at that weapon wheel and, and realized I was going to have to reacquaint myself with the six different bows that I had equipped. <laughs> sure, sure. And I was just like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can do it. Like, between the weapon wheel being full of bows, the map being full of icons, mm-hmm. and now feeling like I need to go like refresh myself on all the story beats just to make sure. It was a lot, but I think I'm, well, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'm not deep enough in back in at this point that if you guys start playing Elden Ring, maybe I'll move to that. But oh. I got, I got to say they, like, I have to give it up. They have done some work on that game. Performance wise. Not just that. Although they did fix the, they did fix the bad image quality in the performance mode. It looks sharp as hell now. Okay. Like that, that performance mode looks very, very good. Um, I was never bothered by it previously, but it's noticeably much, much clearer looking now. Dude, <laughs> they've added some quality of life stuff. Like what? They let you turn off the pickup animation. Oh, for all the collectibles? Really? Yes. Like literally everything you can pick up in that game, you can just completely turn it. Like doesn't even break your stride, does not change the animation one iota. You huh. can just run over stuff and hit triangle and keep going. Oh, I don't even remember it, it fucking, being It a is thing. a game That's, changer. Oh, really? Okay. I don't, like, the first time I got into a big robot fight and shot like a dozen pieces of, of stuff... Yeah. Off those robots. I needed to run around, pick it all up. I was like, oh my God, I think I'm in love with this game now. I get all that Ridgewood too. So much faster. Yeah, man. Healing herbs, Ridgewood, (laughs) stones, whatever you need. That game has always been, at least even one, but two uh, has been pretty 
pretty generous with their concessions to the player and a lot of stuff. Stuff going to your bigger bag after it's like, you know, your your inventory's full. It's like, well, just put it in your trunk. Don't worry about it. Like, you'll just, you'll max out your inventory here and it'll just sit in your trunk forever. Not like, yeah. I'm full. Like, there's some nice stuff in there. I, I know it sounds like such a small thing, but it is so, like, it, it, it helps playability so much. Like, it makes me so much more interested in playing that game. Um, they let you, uh, they, they did the thing they should have done from the beginning, which is let you apply the look of any armor and still keep the stats of that's nice, whichever armor you have equipped, which is okay. cool. Okay. That's a good um, one. They added, they added 40 and 120 frames per second modes, oh. which don't really benefit me, but like, that's cool that they did okay. that. Um, there's some other stuff in there. I really want to know if they like quietly toned down Aloy verbalizing the solutions to absolutely everything constantly. Because hmm. I haven't played a ton of it, but it feels like she has been speaking up a lot less than she did. I did see that get cited a lot when that game came out, so I w- that would definitely be like, yeah, I mean, if we're tweaking things, maybe we do that. Yeah, she she still will occasionally like mention something that the game thinks I should go do, but mm-hmm. not not seemingly, maybe not as as much as before. I'm not sure. Aloy Chatter Slider is is moved down. Verb- verbosity is down. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, man, that, that pickup toggle, I swear. That's a great game. It's, Listen, it's good I, stuff. I, uh, like I said, I really want to talk to you about some of that end game stuff. Also, I'm very curious what they do in the future with DLC. I, I feel like there's a DLC coming for that. And I wonder if it'll be related to where that story. Winds oh, does up. it, does it feel like it has room for DLC the way it ends? Oh, absolutely. Like okay. it, it okay. is, it is a like back to the future two style cliffhanger. It is interesting. Uh, of course, even is. even the first game even felt like it wrapped up very cleanly, and yet they still came out with like pretty good DLC for that. So no, this might as well have had a be to be continued at the end. Oh, great! Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I kind of want to talk to you about uh, at the end there, um, where it goes and, and what they kind of say. Um, yeah, you should you should finish that. I mean, listen, El- Elden Ring is just a big thing that I. Elden Ring is one of the ones that I want to go back to. There's a couple of other games that are that are open that aren't pulling me in as much like um uh what is the the zombie one that uh with the parkour that uh, uh dying oh, light dying light 2 yeah like like i yeah. like my time in dying light but i don't know if i want to spend my hours in dying light i have i have way more pull to even go back to something like horizon than i do dying light 2 yeah i st- I, I still want to go i i love the first game so much that i feel like i need to see more of 2 um, but, but, they, yeah. but there's, there's stuff now that I feel like my, my gaming hours are like, okay, okay. So we'll, we'll get into the stuff for this week. So, uh, this week I played some match point tennis championships as did I, uh, and while I think it is definitely tennis. Yeah. Uh, and I had a kind of a tough time with the system in it, but I think I, and got better by the my time with it. Yeah. So okay. So this is published by Calypso. Uh, it is fifty dollars, but it is also uh, it is on PC Game Pass or it's I'm on, sorry, Xbox on, Game Pass. Yeah, it's also forty bucks on PC. Yeah, uh, as well. So I I I heard a couple people say, "Oh, the tennis in this feels like it might be pretty good," and that is the one thing I will say is I think the tennis mechanics in it are pretty good. It, the aiming is a little funky sometimes, and lining up your shots can sometimes be a little funky, but the four shots are kind of mapped to the different face buttons on the mm-hmm. controller. Uh, the the wind-up time on shots feels pretty good. 
I just think the structure of it might be bad because they start you out with a pretty low level character. It feels like you're kind of getting your ass kicked over and over again early on before you're able to sort of like train up and build up your stats a little bit. And some of the training stuff is not particularly well explained. And mm -hmm. when you kind of just have to jump into tournaments and stuff when your character is still pretty underleveled, I felt like I was just getting clowned on. I did not get a point for two whole matches. Uh, yeah, against. that sounds about right. So one of the things, though, that I realized... So he, here's the here's what's different about... or what I, I don't play a lot of tennis games, but here's what felt different for me is you you're on your side of the court and you use the left stick to run towards the ball. Mm -hmm. But then as you're running over there, you are, can pick your shot to start winding up. And as soon as you commit to a shot, you can then aim with the stick to uh, uh, place your shot with, you get a target on the, on the opposite side of the court. I was running into a lot of situations where I would get out of bounds on a shot because I was, yes. I was pinning the stick to reach the ball. What I realized about three quarters of the way through my session with it is you only kind of have to gesture towards where you have to go, and the and the AI will take over running towards the ball for you. And so you can let off that stick and then start aiming and then just place the ball where you want. I kind of wish they had moved the aiming to the right stick or something because it feels like trying to line up your, your aiming while you were also kind of yeah. like moving your character in a direction even if it does take over some of that, it still feels like you need to move your character. You know, like it's not a total automation. And Did you wind up out of bounds a lot as well? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I got I, better at it, but like it still feels a little off, I think. Yeah. And then there's a kind of charge in that like thing on the bumper or get close or get closer to the net. Like the, the matches were tense. Like they, but I, but I would always lose a volley. I'd always hit it out of bounds eventually. And, yeah. uh, uh, or, or, they would just spike the ball to the other side of the, the court, and I would just yeah. be left sitting there holding my racket. The one kind of neat thing in the campaign is that as you play through matches against other players, uh, or you know against AI, you start to learn their weaknesses. Uh, yeah, that is neat. Or strengths. There's strengths too, but like there's a system in there where it's like, you know, for instance, this person is slow to react to lob shots. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you set up a good lob shot, there's a chance that you'll be able to knock them down over and over again you know like that that kind of stuff information just comes from playing which i think is a neat idea i'm not sure it's fully implemented but this guy ate too much macaroni and cheese before his match this guy yes. has wicked shits going on so <laughs> uh yeah that was a neat thing when i saw it pop up uh i, I would say overall it's I, I found it kind of novel i read a review of it after um i i played it and the i think it was an ign review and they said it was too easy well, uh, good for them. Well, I, I think I think because of that thing that I was just talking about of like, oh, if you realize you don't have to hold the stick, you can kind of just place with pinpoint accuracy your shot at some point. Uh, but I, I was still having trouble. And even in some of the training, I was having a little trouble getting to the ball and aiming at the same time and charging. Also, I don't know enough about tennis to know exactly when I should use my top spin shot versus mm -hmm. my full face shot versus my slice uh, you know, I think I know when to use a lob, but some of the other stuff I wasn't sure about. It's also pretty light on licensed stuff, and you know, like tennis players, you know, I mean, for for you know, for a publisher like Calypso, I guess I'm not 100 percent surprised about that. But like, you know, if you're looking for your big tennis championship game with a bunch of tennis players you've heard of, this is maybe not that. 
Or at least that I've heard of. I, again, I yeah. don't follow tennis. And uh, uh, the last thing I'll say here, just in terms of the package, uh, the character designer or builder, the characters seem kind of weird looking. <laughs> a little weird. The game itself looks like a mid-generation 360 game. Yeah. Like when they do the character builder and you're like looking up close at your character, I never was able to make a character that I was like, great. It was always like, I guess this is the best we're going to do here. Yeah. Let's just move on to the next thing. Uh, that is Match Point Tennis Chan- Ch- Championships. Switch, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and PlayStation's. And Game Pass, and if you are on the yes, and PC, it is forty bucks on the PC, fifty dollars on console, and available on Game Pass. If you, so I could subscribe. not get the PC version to boot up. Oh, it would say to hang on that initial loading screen. I don't know if that was something specifically with my configuration or what, but I could never get it into the actual game. Uh oh, rut row. Uh, the other thing I'll talk about here, we mentioned it last week, but I'd like to just mention it again quickly. Uh, Cuphead. The mm-hmm. delicious last course. You might have heard of it. I have played mm. some of this as well. Mm. Uh, I finished it. I beat the beat the bosses in that game. I did not finish. So I saw credits, but I did not finish the King's Challenges. So okay. the, uh, How far in did you get? Did you beat that horse? No. Uh, I, uh, did you try that horse? I did. After I beat the game, I was like, let me go. I'll go try the horse again and then oh, spent fucking horse a good 20 minutes uh against the horse and was like ah, i keep getting about halfway maybe 60 percent through on the horse i'm gonna put this game down for a little bit i mean yeah i spent a lot of time on the last boss of that game i had a difficult run let's say on i still boss. suck at cuphead <laughs> is what i've learned i tried a bunch of different bosses that were in the you know the chalice island and uh so far i have beaten the spider and no one else hmm. interesting i, I haven't spent a lot of time on the dlc island I, i'm mostly back in the main game with chalice it's great but it's a great game got, i actually like real. chalice a lot i will say chalice's abilities i feel like are a little more tuned to what how i want to play that game so yeah like i i still feel like i need to force myself to play as cuphead some because i also like playing her so much more but I double jump is a big deal i feel like yeah dude it's huge but but i but i feel like i'm like missing the intended experience by not beating any of those base bosses with with cuphead i switched over to chalice miss chalice uh, that's right and chalice life i i she's got a nice spread shot on those airplane levels oh uh, really i haven't done an airplane level with her yeah i didn't realize that she had a different airplane so she's got the um uh, she's got a spread shot and i was like oh man I, i'm gonna use that for i actually i, I said it last time i like those airplane levels i'm Is actually that, glad there are no forced scrolling platform levels i did not yeah. love those as much yeah i understand why they put them in there levels. but yeah they, they put them in because people complained yeah like they, they, they put them in because originally they were not going to be in there and once it this was years ago, obviously, I don't know if you guys remember that. I do. Once once it got out that the game was nothing but a boss rush, it was nothing but boss fights. A bunch of people were like, what do you mean? How can it not have scrolling levels? It's a side scroller. And like, so they they gin some up from what I'm seeing. I think it's only like two per island. So it's actually it's not, not a lot. It's not at least where I'm what I've seen so far is only a handful in the entire game. But but yes, those are not the strong point of the game. By no. any means. Does Chalice have uh, airplane levels on the new island? Yes. Okay, because I don't know if you get that new airplane on the old island. Oh, okay. Um, I th- when I when I did a, an airplane boss on the second island, it did not turn into her. I don't believe. I th- I could I have to double check, but I thought 
the airplane respected what weapon you had equipped for the first weapon and you always got bombs on the secondary oh, weapon maybe that's what it is but but oh, it didn't that, seem that, that way it, but it mm. didn't seem that way when i did it on with miss chalice because as soon as i switched over to her she had a spread gun uh which was different than Mugman's weapon either way i switched over and then i was like oh, i'm gonna learn to play as her um with this ridiculous dash parry it's, it's and that's the thing man the, the double jump is fantastic but it's the dash parry for me I think some of those levels are tuned because when I go, when I was playing some of the later bosses without the invincibility role, I don't know how I would have gotten through some of that stuff. I guess I could have used the smoke bomb or whatever, but it, I would have lost that extra health. So some of the stuff really seemed tuned to miss chalice and be, you know, as a game built with her or a portion built with her. I really enjoyed it. I think some of those bosses are really fun. They're really cool looking, if nothing else. Like it is, it is some great visual design in there. Some like yeah. just bad runs, you know. You can just get some yeah. bad R- RNG if that's the right term for just Say like, it oh, it's too much crap right Ooh. here. I still suck so fucking bad at this game. I'm so it, bad. I mean, it's it's harsh, and like I hate, I have really hesitate to use the word unfair, but yeah, like it does feel like or maybe RNG randomness is a better way to put it, but you absolutely do sort of get in boxed into situations where it was like, Hey, wait, hang on. There was no way to get out of this. Like yeah. dodging the one hit, maybe take a different hit, you know? Yes. Or, or, uh, or, uh, Oh man, this, there are certain openers for a boss where I'd be happy if they did this opener and be like, Oh, this gets me about five seconds of free hits in versus another opener for a boss, which is, Oh, this is a super tough way for this boss to open. Uh, that last boss is a real, real, that first phase of that last boss is a lot of stuff on the screen and maybe a little too much going on on that one, but a lot of fun uh, kind of the whole way through fairly short, you know, the, the DLC Island, um, maybe four Did, or five bosses. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Cause you can see two or is it three of them right off the bat? You can see the spider, the mountain, and then you open up the igloo, right? The the ice okay. boss, I think. Yeah, that is that does feel fairly quick. I I want to say there's the there's a cool boss. There's a oh my gosh, there's this plane. You're not in a plane, but you're you're standing on a plane boss. That I think is the only boss. I could be wrong. People can correct me. Uh, when I hit start, let you change specifically the controls on that level. It's a, it's a thing that I don't, I don't want to spoil, but like. I saw like an extra controls option just on that boss for that level because it's kind of a pain in the butt. Uh, and it was making my brain hurt a lot for, for that level. Maybe huh. my least favorite boss, but also my most satisfying victory in that, in that whole game. It's the huh. one where you're, you're standing on a plane. Uh, did not like it, did not like it. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got a pretty love hate relationship with that game at the moment. Even, <laughs> even in the original on Island two, who are you up to? Um, I guess I kind of sequence broke Island 2 because I found the big shortcut, so I kind of okay. circled around to, like, I'm fighting that big dragon roller coaster boss at the moment. Oh, that one's tough. Yeah, I'm not. That's a toughie. It, it's weird because if I've got it completely, like, the pattern's totally memorized. I just can't seem to dial it in. So um, the last phase has a lot of platforming, right? With disappearing platforms? The whole thing is nothing but platforming. It's okay. a bunch of clouds flying across yes. constantly that you have to okay. jump between. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, Yeah. Hateful game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but fun. And uh, I get for eight bucks. Is that what it is? Eight dollars. Yeah, it's, it's like a no brain. Also, they just put out a release. I think this morning they've already sold a million copies of that DLC. I believe it. In like a week and a half. So price to move. <laughs> Seriously, like really justified doing that expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So that's Cuphead. That is uh, out now, the delicious last course. Uh, I'm still playing Last Call BBS, mostly that 20th century food court thing. Gotten a lot further in that. <laughs> just, I got it really hard. And it's one of those things where it just got like, this has to be wrong. I'm doing this the wrong way. And I might start looking up some solutions online after I brute force my way through them. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. I, I still really like it. It's very clever. I haven't played any of the other mini games in that collection. Zach, uh, please. <laughs> Why do you make this so hard? I I booted it up. I didn't. I all I've played is solitaire. No, I take it back. Um, what's the last game on the download list on the BBS? It's like Chip Wizard. Oh gosh, that Deluxe one's or super hard. Like yeah, yeah. Is that even a game? Like the description of it, quite literally, is like, why did I include this? I don't know. Just because, like. Actually, what it says is like this is this is classic. It was like the software costs thousands of dollars normally, so why not just throw it in here? Like it's full on, like it's full on like mid late nineties. Like I can't afford Maya or mm-hmm. Softimage. Like I'm going to pirate all the creative sweet stuff I need because it's insanely expensive. But but yeah, you fire it up. It's like a circuit designer. Yeah, and I. Again, the description implies it's not a game. I mean, because it's Sactronics, I wonder if they're actually is a game lurking underneath or is it actually just a totally open-ended like circuit no you're you're trying to accomplish the okay. tasks in in the in the thing uh you're trying to yeah there it is task-based it, it's i think it's based off of another zactronics thing but i could be wrong a lot of that stuff mm. is it's hard though i only got up to like the third or fourth one and was like i'm not exactly sure what you're asking me to do and that's a lot of those games in those collections are not well tutorialized uh this one has some stuff in it for building your like PNP and NPN uh, tr- uh, transistors in it. And it's like, here's what this is going to do. All right, go get them. But it's, it's a tough, that's a tough one. That's, yeah. that's hard. The solitaire I, in there is hard. I, yeah. I, I, because that thing has a win counter on it, I was like, God damn it. I've got to get a win on this yeah. thing. So I've mostly just been playing their weird solitaire variant. Although isn't one of the downloadable games also a solitaire? I never downloaded that one, but yes. Huh. Oh, uh, I should have grabbed that to see what the difference is. I'm, I mostly just wanted to get in there and play with the Z5 Power Lance, their fake yes. computer. Which and what'd you think? Pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Like, it's got a functional window manager. I mean, like, you can drag windows around and minimize them, and it has <laughs> it has actual multitasking. Like, you can straight up, like, I minimized my solitaire game to go play that circuit design thing. So now that came you... came back to solitaire later. Now that you've been in there, wh- and, and not just seeing aesthetically or or kind of... Now they had to deal with the timer stuff. What do you think of the inclusion of having to wait to download other stuff? I think that rules. I think it's weird because like a down, I don't remember ever seeing a download timer on a BBS Mm. specifically. Like the, the thing is like you download a game and it's like, all right, now wait 15 minutes. Yes. Before you download something else. Like that's not, that's, I never saw anything like that. Maybe that was a common thing. The one thing though, They really got me because when that download timer, when it's like, hey, you need to wait 15 minutes before you download something else, please hang up so other people can use the BBS. <laughs> like, I totally did it out of a, a feeling of guilt. Respect. Like, I 100%, I 100% was like, oh, man, I'm taking up a node. I really should get off this thing. It's, I mean, I'm sure it's a thing you don't have to deal with after you get all the games, but yeah, it's uh, it's just it's a weird thing to yeah, have. I think it's cool. Game. I mean, some, you're waiting like 20 minutes because between the download time of the actual game and then the, the timeout. I, I assume that's there to make you spend some actual time with the thing you just downloaded. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm Who sure. would want to do that? Nah, just right. get it all. 
Uh, I'm glad you, yeah, should, you booted on. it up. The it's point, fine. The point of amassing games is not to play them. Come on. No, God, no. no. no it's no, to no. look at the list and feel very satisfied that you could play any of them at any time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and complete the collection. Uh, that's Last Call BBS. That came out uh, about a week ago. Uh, it is also on PC Game Pass. Uh, in a Steam version. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but it's 20 bucks. Uh, and technically early access, but a lot of that stuff from Zachtronics ships early access. Uh, anything else we want to talk about in the games? I beat Vampire Survivors. Hey! You can beat that game? I, yeah, I didn't know that was a thing you could do. So they've just put out a patch. It's version 0.8. It is not okay. 1.0 yet, so it's possible they will add some more stuff maybe down the road, but they have added a what is essentially a final boss encounter in the last available of the main stages. I don't know if they're going to add another one at some point, but right now, as far as I can tell, this is the end game, quote-unquote, of that game. And did you see, like, credits? I don't think so. It just kind of, like, I... So, it's stage five is the one where you do it, and what they did was they added a version of stage five that is harder and has this boss encounter at the end of it. And once you beat that, it goes back to the original version of stage five, which does not have that encounter. Okay. Uh, And it's basically like, you know, when you're in that game for too long and then eventually death shows up and tries to murder you to get you out of the level. Let's assume I do. Yes. All the deaths combine into super death. Oh, huh? And you have to fight super death and you won on the first try. Because I'm so fucking overpowered in that game at this point that really nothing can stop me until the level says you can't be here anymore. Even super death can't stop you. Yes. And then what happens after you do all that? So you unlock a thing. uh, I think it's, I forget, it's called like the Golden Tome or something like that. But you unlock a book that is essentially a thing that lets you upgrade the individual weapons beyond their limit. So you need to get more powerful now. Yes, because technically there's still achievements I don't have, so there are things I could go back in there and do. But I think I'm going to take a break for a little bit. Oh man, I've never I have never seen people like achievement hunt a game as much as I mean I think it's just a testament to how replayable and addictive it is, right? But like it's that, never, yeah. You never see people chase achievements in games anymore, but this one like constantly see people saying like, "Well, I got all the achievements again for this update." Like they just constantly. Yeah, I should, I, mean, play, I should play some more of that. There's like over a hundred of them, and the thing is, like, they're pretty easy to tick off as you just kind of look down the list. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Like, none of them are like particularly unachievable. It's just that, that you have to put the time in to do it. And I think I've officially put my time in for now. If they if they add another level or something, maybe I'll go back to it. But I feel like now I'm like, now that I've beaten up what do they call a final boss, I'm probably good for a while. You you play that with a controller? Uh, no, I just play with the keyboard. Okay. Vampire Survivors. I just, still $3, still not 1.0 yet. I just manually updated it. <laughs> I'm staring at the play button. It'll be there for you when we're done. We're not going to be that much longer. Let's. Uh, speaking of which, that is going to wrap up the games we have checked out this week. That's Matchpoint Tennis Championships, a uh, little Horizon Forbidden West, Last Call BBS, Cuphead, The Delicious Last Course. Uh... And anything else we want to talk about before we move on to? Like we're good. I think we'll have some stuff next week to talk about. Just nothing that we can talk about yet. I what? forgot to look at emails. Oh, not, not used to there being an email address. What is that email? What email address are you talking about? Also forgotten that it's podcast at nextliner right? It sure is. <laughs> yeah, we should have. 
We should have gone with emails at nextlander. <laughs> I should just go make emails at nextlander.com. You can get them both. So it's either one. Because, yeah. because I find it because I find it very amusing. Uh, podcast at nextlander.com. Possibly emails at yeah. nextlander.com. Let's let's do two to three emails as I select them on the fly. Sure. Okay. Yeah, what you here's got? One from, here's one from Tom in the UK. I'm no collector, but I seem to have ended up with most major consoles released since the 90s and also two to four controllers per console. That makes around 50 controllers with varying degrees of frayed cables, fragile analog sticks, and creaking shoulder buttons. Mm-hmm. How on earth do you fellas organize all of these? I've never said the word fellas before. Hey, fellas. That was... Huh. Hey, fellas. Fellas! So, this is an interesting question. Yeah, how, how do you organize all these controllers? I currently have a trunk full of them, and the prospect of digging through the tangled heap without damaging anything often puts me off playing my aging library. Controller storage tips greatly appreciated. So I have a shelf in my office that has all my old consoles on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I usually do is I keep one or two of those controllers out next to them or on top of them on that shelf. And any spares I have beyond that go into a drawer with the cable kind of wrapped up. Uh, And then as far as my current consoles are concerned, it is bedlam. They are just wherever the other console happens to be at any given moment. They are rarely in a particularly organized space. If they are in use, they could be anywhere. (laughs) Uh, I, um, I have a bin... Per either per con- plastic tote, either per console or per, depending on the you know publisher, and everything goes in that bin. So uh, Xbox stuff is has a bin, and it's got all the cons the controllers wrapped up. Always wrap up the cables. Uh, don't store them with the cables unwrapped. Is, is if you're not doing that, you That's have just good to do advice. That. Yeah, uh, wrap them up, zip tie or you know Velcro time. Do whatever you need to do. So I have a tote that has all the controllers the games the accessories that bin goes away it's labeled xbox then there's one 360 i think my nintendo stuff is just all nintendo uh so it's wii and wii u i didn't have enough to fill up a thing but i and kind of like alex then the console is on a shelf and Mm -hmm. kind of out there and i did look up at one point there is a place that makes them i forget what it is but they print are they 3D printer? They manufacture nice stands for particular controllers that hide the cable a little bit, and so you can have it displayed nicely. The controller displayed next to the console. Yeah, that sounds all right. Yeah, that is that is kind of all right. But yeah, I have I I used to have the giant drawer full of all the controllers. It was just too much of a mess, and digging through, I felt like I was breaking controllers when every time I wanted to get something out. Wireless controllers kind of a godsend for that management and current current stuff kind of like alex it's like a controller explosion went off in where my consoles it's all are all higgledy piggledy they're usually like behind the back of the couch kind of thing because uh, it's against the wall but the kids are grabbing controllers all the time mm-hmm. that's brad. Uh, brad i brad i'm always i'm gonna i've said this before but i do love your coffee table just, with the controllers. just waiting to say it yeah. waiting to invoke the famous glass topped coffee uh. table Tell us about the coffee table. I was, always, I was always so proud of the fact that it was like the last time Ryan ever came over here, I think. He was like, which was like 2009 or something, but he was gushing about the coffee table. I love it. Yes. All current current controllers for any, or controllers for any current console, I should say, live in that coffee table. <laughs> Nicely arrayed, I might add. Mm-hmm. Um, boxes or uh, whatever, man. Storage in an apartment sucks ass from yes. any angle. Mm-hmm. 
So the controllers for previous consoles are just like in boxes wherever boxes fit. I ended up, I don't know how I ended up with so many goddamn DualShock 4s and Xbox One controllers. How many do you have, you think? I, I haven't done a recent count. Like, I kind of got on a kick of buying like fun colors of DualShock 4 for a while. Mm. And also like controllers would show up in the mail and stuff like that. I bet I had like eight DualShock 4s. Ooh, that's, that's maybe too many. That's a lot. Um, I have and, like three and that feels like a lot. I don't, I like, I wanted the gunmetal gray one at one point and then I wanted silver one and then I wanted a red one. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, 360 controller was the one I had too many of, but because yeah, that was the one I was like, yeah, of. because it was like, you know, for my PC and I'd have it. And then it was just a hell of a controller. Like it was just a great yeah. controller. Yeah. Especially yeah. when it was shaped like a guitar. Those were the great ones. <laughs> yeah. I, I really liked the DualShock 4. I think I might actually still like it better than the DualShock 5 or DualSense. Mm, interesting. Your favorite controller, DualShock 4? It's up there. Okay. It's way up there. It's definitely up there. Actually, uh, playing Cuphead. I, the D-pad and buttons on the DualSense might be a little mushy for my like fast action geez. reflexes tastes. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Get your DualShock in there. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, I assume cords wrapped up on anything that had a cord on it? Yes. Yeah. yes. Gotta wrap those cords up. Wrapped, wrapped around the controller. Yeah, around the, the controller. Okay. The important thing is anytime this goes for anything, life tip here, mm-hmm. a little cord hack for you. Anytime you wrap a controller on anything, place yes. a couple of fingers right yes. behind Pig, the... Pigtail it. ...where the cord comes out before you wrap to make sure there's not too much stress on where the cord attaches to the thing. Okay, hang yes. on. I need to go unroll all my controllers real fast. That, that will prevent all the frayed wires. Ho- hopefully. the base of the cable. Uh, man, controller cables, kind of a nightmare. Uh, all right. Another email. Yeah. Eric in California, per the discussion of the Terry Gilliam classic time bandits on last week's podcast. Oh boy. I've never seen time bandits, but I'll go with it here. (laughs) I thought you might be interested to know that the the one third scale miniature pirate ship from the film still sails and is available for public charter on Big Bear Lake in California. I'm sorry. Uh, What? I, again, I haven't seen the movie, so I have no context for this. There's a gigantic I, boat, yeah. I take, I take it there's a pirate ship in Time Bandits? Yes. Apparently that ship still exists, and you can rent it out. What? Okay. Uh, I recently discovered this fact while planning my brother's bachelor party, and I couldn't resist spending way too much money to have the ship, still aptly named the Time Bandit, become the centerpiece of our weekend. Huh. Wait. So the thing that, I, the thing that blows my mind a bit is, it's a boat built for the movie, not a boat they they requisitioned for the movie. I always just, I mean, thinking back to it now, I, you can build a boat, man. It's not that hard. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Can, I guess you can build a boat. It. I mean, I guess if in the in the ridiculous overblown budgetness of Terry Gilliam, along with some other notable problems, there's mm-hmm. uh, 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 I would guess building a boat for the movie doesn't sound that bananas. No, but uh, if uh, anything, that's one of the least ridiculous <laughs> things he's ever embarked upon. Yeah, yeah, so like I don't know. I just I guess just thinking about it now because I did not spend a lot of time thinking about it. I just assume that uh, you, you kind of rent a boat and dress it up. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So All right, good Eric, to know. Eric, Eric says they offer cruises for children involving buried treasure, temporary tattoos, and plastic swords, as well as less playful cruises for adults with a full open bar. Uh, when, uh, when asked what I wanted, I requested the children's cruise, but with booze. Okay, that seems like a good ask. Uh, also, Mel Blanc's elderly son lives on the lake and as part of the package will come out onto his dock and yell things at you in Bugs Bunny's voice. 
What? This needless can't say, be true. It's needless just, to say, we had a great time. I don't know. This feels me. like a lie. Hang on, I'm, I'm, I'm going to type boat from time bandits into, again, I've never don't seen forget, movie. Don't forget Mel Blanc. Big Bear Lake. I have no fucking idea. Uh, Mel Blanc's son comes out and yells Bugs Bunny shit at you? Are you kidding me? Uh, this just sounds like the sequel to Time Bandits. Time Bandits, uh, the reason we're bringing this up, last week we talked about uh, a Netflix series that is uh, Time Bandits. There's some kind of remake thing happening. Yeah, happening. Hang on, I'm trying to confirm. Yeah, no, no, here it is. Wow. Man. Book now. I'm on, I'm on the North Shore Landing, Big Bear Lake, California it's website. Ter- it's terrifying. It's uh, terrifying. You can, you can book... A trip on the Time Bandit right now. The the Mel Blanc's son thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's not part of the. Uh, every anyway. time I, I dressed up as Mel Blanc as a uh, uh, oral presentation in like fourth grade uh, huh. was the I did a. Uh, <laughs> it was the biography I wanted to read, and it was like re- do do dress up as a famous person and do an oral presentation as that person. <laughs> what did you wear? Like a like a like a sports coat. And a, you know, like a sports coat, I think, like a tweed sports coat. That was like. Did you the- look up a photo beforehand? <laughs> I did. It's like it's just he's just a normal dressed dude. Yeah, he's from, just a guy like, <laughs> from the forties and fifties. He's a so. guy with an incredible range of voices. That's it. That's it. Okay. But- okay, I can I can tell you I can tell you that Mel Blanc's home was in fact on Big Bear Lake. Okay, right. well, some of this is checking. This out. is tying I together. That, yeah. I think that like I'm, I'm like one step away from confirming that none of this is bullshit. There was a question at the end of this. Oh, okay, sorry. If you could throw a party on a set from any old film, what kind of party Ooh. would you have, and what set would it be? Oh no! All right, I'm gonna just that's, clarify man, that's a, for that's a for question. house rules here. It's we assume the set in our imagination is an ex, is like a functional piece from what is filmed in the movie. It's not like okay. you, you turn left or right and it's just cardboard and right. Like over the, it. the reality of the set is what it appears to be in the movie, not, yeah, not that, like the actual soundstage version. Right. So if you're throwing a party on the Man. bridge of the enterprise, we assume Man. that it extends out. There goes my the, answer, but yes, but it, it extends. It's like the bridge of the enterprise in uh, your they, mind's eye, right? They, they don't serve nothing but sent the hall on there. Fuck that. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to say the city from Waterworld. Oh, Jesus, huh. what's wrong with wow, you? Wow, man. No, you because that's fuck, a man. wild set, man. Like, that's the know, thing that, like, everyone's swinging around. Like, it's all surrounded by ocean. Like, that seems like it could be fun as hell. Uh, yeah, you, you get too drunk and stumble into the wrong railing. You've Now you've got tetanus, though. Uh... How about how about the tanker? Do you want to be on the tank? The smokers, the, the smokers. Tanker? Oh, that's what I thought. That's what you were talking about. Was the no, smokers. no. I meant like the city. The yeah, oil, the oil tanker. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't yeah. remember the city. The city is like where like Gene Triplehorn is hanging out before right, Kevin just, Costner shows up. I don't remember what it looks like. Why do you bring up Waterworld so much? It I don't know. It, it just keeps coming into the public consciousness for some reason, and I just can't forget it. Um, do you like digital sets count? Yeah, sure. Like. Well, yeah, sure. Like Minority Report, like uh, uh yeah. But like where the, do you want to party in Minority Report? I want to be in one of those drivable cars that goes scales the side of like a bill. Like I want a, like a giant party bus. Okay, uh, and remember, like they go like vertical up like uh uh, uh like sides of buildings. I don't know if it's sides of buildings, but they the self driving car. I want to be in a big party bus. Actually, they probably would get shut down because it was something probably would happen. So they would a precog would see it, and we'd never yeah. get to the parties. I would also like to go party at that concert the Isley Brothers have in Animal House. 
Okay. And that looked like okay. a good time. Okay. Oh, I've got a recent one. I would party. I'd grab some beers and a barbecue, and I'd party at the end of Close Encounters with that dude just playing an organ, <laughs> playing an mm, organ the whole time. Out there, out there huh. in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, wow. with, a, with a laser light show, and that dude just yeah. jamming out and, and playing some music and cracking some beers open, and everybody's invited. All right. Some great mashed potatoes. If you I make it over the mountain potatoes. without getting gassed, you can come to this party. <laughs> it's just a snooze, sleepy gas. You know, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, you'll wake up tomorrow and the party will be over. <laughs> uh, all right. How about a video game set? Would anybody party on the uh, um, time loop one? What is that one? Time. Uh, what was the one with the the horrible people on the island? It's just death death loop. Death loop yeah. Anybody going to go to Deathloop Island and party? Mm. Seems like it would get old pretty quick, actually. Yeah, like the, the Deathloop Island has the same thing as Rapture, which is like, this Just, might have been fun before everything went to shit, but all these people are terrible. Mm. So it was always going to go to shit. Party yeah. in the Mushroom Kingdom. Oh, man. I bet they're, I bet they're squares. I bet that's why Bowser's... Yeah, the psychedelics are, are amazing. I bet Bowser has better parties. Like, like honestly, Rapture, if, if it was not filled with, with selfish assholes... Like, pre-Rapture. Rapture like before like, it t- went over. Well, like, or, or better yet, just get rid of all those fucking people mm. <laughs> and invite some cool people over. Underwater City but, would be a fun place yes, to do that. Yes, like Underwater City. Like, I've definitely got a kind of like a twenty thousand leagues under the sea fascination of just like, yeah, like, like, yes, a swanky party on the bottom of the ocean would be fucking cool. How about um, what is what is the was it Leviathan? What's the what's the movie where they're under under the sea? abyss? Abyss, sorry, yeah, abyss. That's not a real good party place either. Like that's well, sort of like the. We're like just the, saying the set, not the movie. Yeah, but, but even the set looks like that's, know, that, man. there's have like you, shit jutting out of everywhere there. Have you, have you have you heard of what they get up to at the South Pole? Yeah, it's like a research Science, station, scientific research stations, like remote ones. Like there's not much else to do but party. It turns out. Listen, man, they got to keep warm somehow. In like yep. the abyss, they'd put you in like a vat of alcohol and you'd breathe in it. They'd like you know you you breathe liquid for nine months. Of your yeah, life. No, you breathe alcohol for nine months before you were born. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Check this out. I don't think that's true, Bob. No, I don't think. No, get him out of it's there. It's not. It's not true. That'll work. Trust me, I'm a scientist. I think you. I think you might have the shakes, Bob. Uh, all right. Should we wrap it up? Yeah, let's call it there. All Thanks right. for sending in emails. You can send in emails to podcast at nextlander.com possibly currently. currently possibly email at nextlander emails or email brad what would you make hmm. i think emails right yeah i think that, emails that's, that's what seems to, to come off the tongue naturally emails yes. I, I don't know if i can i don't know if you can alias an email to another email or i'm yeah. sorry i don't know if you can alias an alias to another alias is what i mean can you say. can you add i'll have to i'll have to see if that actually yes. works or not but podcasts sorry pod yes podcast at nextlander.com yes Get him in. All right, that's going to wrap up our show for today. I want to go over the games first over here. We talked about Match Point Tennis Championships, Last Call BBS, Cuphead, the delicious last course, and a little bit there on Horizon Forbidden West and Vampire Survivors. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we had the news at the top of the show. All of this could not happen without your support. I want to thank everybody for supporting us. You can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander and you can find things like Never Been a Better Podcast up currently, which has Abby Russell and Jeff Bacalar joining us. You can find things like the Watchcast currently out with uh, Jaws publicly and Star Trek, the first two episodes now uh, on the Patreon, more details over there. 
bunch of stuff to check out. Find a tier that's right for you. One of those tiers, the Mysterious Benefactor tiers, gets a shout out on this here podcast. And Alex Navarro, mm-hmm. are you ready to read off some of those names? Let's say all of those names. Our Mysterious Benefactors for this week are John Richardson, Vornak, Corey Porter, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, James Smith, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, J.M., Jerry Lee, Gary Pejsky, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Octothorpe Bunny Crimes, Casey Shaughnessy, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Shaken Frunk, trying to change me up here, Razgriz 2, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It's Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Richard Welsh, aka Higher Noobs, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. And thanks to our mysterious benefactors, and thanks to everyone who has supported us, watched us, listened. We do appreciate it. Coming up this week, we have more Gabriel Knight 2. Abby Russell will be joining us for that on Friday. On Thursday, I mentioned a little bit earlier, we've got the Watchcast with Star Trek Episodes 1 and 2 from the first season. Mm-hmm. We are going to be playing some Star Trek 25th Anniversary on the PC, voiced by the original cast, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Man, I have been... Well, not been. I shouldn't say that I've been reading about that game nonstop for the last... 25 plus years. Although if I had, that would be pretty funny. Uh, but I, I remember seeing that game in like PC magazines back in the day before I had access to a PC and just thinking like, man, it's so cool that they made an adventure game out of Star Trek and got the whole cast. I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, me either. It's supposed to be good. Uh, yeah, that's what I hear. Uh, we're we're going to check that out on Thursday. Uh, Monday, we did some more Mass Effect Andromeda uh, the in Galaxy Quest, barreling towards a conclusion here. What that conclusion is, I don't know. But whatever it is, I feel like we're barreling towards it. Uh, we have the Ramble cast. Find out what Vinny likes on his burger. Uh, the answer may surprise you. And uh, you're listening to this here, the Next Lander podcast. Yeah. Also, uh, sorry. Also, yeah. uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind is mentioned next week. Yep. Next week. Uh, over or the week on, after, depending on your. <laughs> that's right. The Patreon, Patreon tier. access. But watch that movie if you want to hear us talk about it. Do 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 do. It's so weird how he's the dude is like sitting there saying like, okay, now now like the perfect third. Uh, okay, now drop an octave. It's like doesn't. Don't you just know the jingle? Do you have to give like the musical notation? More of that. Yes. Th- next we'll week we'll have much to say about the notation next week. Uh, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Brad. We'll be back next week. See ya.